And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday night right here in good old Alabama. And that means you're listening to Two Beards Talking. I am Daniel Sanders. And I'm drinking big boy coffee. <laughs> and I'm Matt Lasser. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. World's going fucking crazy right now. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's fucking Saturday, so. Yep, yep. <laughs> right on schedule. We got war in Russia. We got, uh... Lindsey Graham's Tom Fuckery. Yep. Uh... Freaking uh, Senator Babert, Bebert, Lauren Babert, Babert, yeah, yeah, that chick, yeah. <laughs> her her little outburst during the State of the Union, like, do I have to be the expert in amiology? I don't want to be the expert in amiology. All right, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was the other cop. <laughs> no, that was Willem Dafoe. <laughs> but he said symbology. <laughs> <laughs> What's the symbology here? No, he. Told the cop his name, and he said, holy shit, no one ever gets it right on the first time. Hey, I'm an expert in namiology. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Good times. Ad break coming up. Two Beards Talking is proudly sponsored by Toolman Tactical. Owned and operated in Alabama, Toolman Tactical offers quality polymer AR-15 and Glock magazines at affordable prices. With anti-tilt followers, the AR-15 magazines hold a true 32 rounds, while the Glock magazines hold 35 9mm rounds. Visit ToolmanTactical.com today and use code TBT30 to get 30% off your order. With $3 flat rate shipping, the more you buy, the more you save. New to podcasting and need episode ideas? Already have a show and looking for more engagement from guests? Check out Poddex. Poddex are decks of cards designed for new and current podcasters. Interview questions, episode ideas, would you rather, and so much more. Visit poddex.com today and use code BEARDS10 to get 10% off your order of any physical deck of cards. Offer not eligible for digital content. Order your Poddex today. And we're back. Yep, that's right. It happened. It happened. Eh, a little minute. Didn't hurt you. Not one bit. It might have hurt him. Maybe just a little bit. Oh, well. I don't we care. got a special show planned for y'all tonight. Very special. We got a uh, special guest waiting on the line. We're going to get to uh, him in just a second. Before we do, it's contest time again. Yeah, we do these occasionally. We do do these occasionally. If we you're do, fought- we, we do do them yes, occasionally? Yes. Yes, we do. All right. We do them. Occasionally. Oh, like boob shit. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, following us on our Facebook page, then you've probably already seen the contest that we're running. But it, just in case you haven't, um, we have a very nice um, men's uh, toiletries gift set that we're giving away. Well, see, that makes it sound like toilet paper. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to do better, buddy. <laughs> um, it comes from uh, Pharmacy, the be- the beauty brand Pharmacy. Um, they do have a, although somewhat small, uh, very nice men's line. And this is the shield man bag set that we're giving away. So it comes with the leather toiletries bag, a shield man face and eye cream, um, a shield man aftershave lotion, and then the beard oil. It's about a $40 value and can be yours free. All you got to do, we're we're doing this one entry-based, so if you like or follow our Facebook page, you're automatically entered to the drawing. You get one entry there. Yep. 
we're about to give out a code word that's associated with this. Yeah, I picked it. (laughs) (laughs) If you will go on the post on our Facebook page talking about the giveaway, comment what the code word is that we're about to give you, then that'll give you a second entry. Yeah, we're about to find out how many of you fuckers like us but don't listen. And then if you share the post, that'll give you five additional entries. So you can have a total of seven entries in the drawing for this. Yep. Matt, go ahead and give them the code word. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. Yeah. Pumpernickel. You asked me on the spot, so I just, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind. You were like, what's a good code word? I was like, ah, fucking pumpernickel. Yep, the code word is pumpernickel. So if you will go onto our Facebook page at Two Beards Talking, find the post talking about the pharmacy giveaway. Oh, I should have went with buck fodder. <laughs> oh, well, it's pumpernickel. It's pumpernicker. Nicker. <laughs> Jesus, pumpernickel. Holy shit. That was the, that was the, you stuck that K. That was the most important K in the history of fucking Ks. And you stuck the line. Judges? Yeah, that's a fucking 10, bro. Holy shit. Pumpernickel. Go, go on the Facebook post talking about the pharmacy stuff. Comment pumpernickel for one of your entries into the contest the drawing is going to be held on march 18th we're going to be doing a uh, live video drawing to announce the winner so make sure you tune in for that and now that we're done with that without further ado we're going to bring in our guest for the evening mr sean burton sanders sean how you doing this evening you know, we're not brothers, man. So my name is Saunders, not Sanders. I swear to God, I can't see how many people get that wrong. No, it's just, I'm just joking. Uh, I'm no, fucking with you. You got every right to be pissed off because I used to get pissed <laughs> off all the time for people calling me Saunders. <laughs> see? You get it. See? See? Fucking he gets it. Anyway. How's it going, guys, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate the hell out of it. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, where you're from, um. Oh boy, do you have an hour? <laughs> it's our fucking show. We got as long as we want. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, because here now you get introduced. My name is Sean Burton Saunders. I'm a producer here in Louisville, Kentucky. I started a show. I mean, I've been in the military. I've been on radio. I've been in television. Um, I'm also the the CEO and founder of Bill TV Network. Ville, like Louisville, Kentucky, and it's not Louisville, guys. It's Louisville. I want y'all to say that with me real quick. Ready? Louisville. Louisville. You're a they, little they get it. <laughs> Why see? Why can't anybody else fucking get it? I don't get it. Um, I'm a Ville TV Network, and I'm also the president of Creative Motion Studios, which is basically this is something we've been working on for the past couple of years um, with my two of my partners, Clay Loose, uh, Clayton Loose from Dark Star TV and Herschel Zahn from Renegade Art Productions. And I can't forget to give my shout out. I don't know what his company is because he keeps changing shit on me, but JC Reseda's, who is an amazing writer, an amazing director, and an amazing filmmaker as well. Very good friend of mine, my brother. Um, we started this venture as kind of a collaboration of several production companies coming, coming together and working with each other and, uh, you know, just doing great art and basically trying to push each other outside of the lines of our comfort zones. And that's the biggest thing is because I think as filmmakers, it's like you're always looking for what's the next coolest fucking thing to do. And these guys are always pushing the limits to the absolute uh, that they can. Um, uh, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Uh, 
we have a project. It's an incentive we're calling it. It's called the 12 Films Project or 12 Films Incentive. And basically, we are doing one film a month for the next year. So, and this is great because we have so many companies involved. I'm going to go ahead and label them real quick, which I'm going to probably miss somebody because I've had a few cocktails this evening. It's happy hour. So, if everybody, <laughs> if any of my guys are listening, fuck off. I'm sorry if I forget, excuse me, forget you. Uh, Renegade Art Productions, Dark Star TV, Half Brothers Media, Tommy Baker and Jeremy Fogerhill, man. Those guys are freaking awesome. Uh, Wasted Talent Films, uh, Kitty um Snyder Heron makeup Andrea all makeup artists uh I know I'm forgetting Forsake Media I gotta say all this shit I mean it's in my contract with these guys I gotta say I gotta say their freaking names and uh there's a few more of us so again for the next uh 12 months we will be doing a film a month we just finished our we did our first one in January director Herschel Zahn did a moon cheese and this is quite a comic one and our boy David Waite is one of the leads in it. And then we just finished up one with Dark Star TV, Clayton Moose, the director, called Sins of a Father. It's a mob thing. I think people are really going to love it. I mean, dude, we got a 1962 Lincoln, okay? It is fucking sweet, gentlemen. This is one of the coolest cars I've ever had on one of my sets, so. Yeah, I saw um, the pictures that y'all posted of that. Uh, that is, uh, oh that has God. been one of my dream cars, was the 62 Lincoln Continental. I mean, it is such a beautiful car with the suicide doors. I love the clean lines on it. There's not a lot of fanciness to it. It's just clean, sharp, and oh, oh. A matter of fact, I'm getting a tear thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not okay. mistaken, I think I saw, um, if it hasn't already, um, I don't think there will be any problem with me saying this because, hell, it might help out. Um, but I think I yeah. saw where y'all are actually selling that car now. Uh, well, we're not selling it. The owner of it. Okay, yeah, true owner. story. He is selling it. It has been for sale. That's actually how our director found it. And he just he just asked the guy. True story about this. So back when I was doing the pilot for Devetrog, we did a premiere in New Albany, Indiana. Um, of course, I'm a veteran. Those that know me, I'm a, you know, I was in six years in the United States Army. And... Um, I was talking to business owners in New Albany, Indiana, trying to get kind of their support on this little premiere we were going to do of the pilot that we shot with Vernon Wells, um, uh, Clint Parks, Jamie Short, a bunch of us. Anyway, um, and a girl says, I was over at this awesome honey place. They basically, you know, they raised their honeybees and they were going to come out and do a tasting. She goes, you need to go around the corner to this gym and talk to Adam Smith. Now, Adam Smith is a former Special Forces operative. He is a badass. He also does um, he does training with SWAT teams and everything. And he's got a new company out. Adam, I'm sorry, brother. I know you're going to hear this. I'm a dick. Go ahead. And whatever platform this comes on, put your company in the little comments there. Um, basically training. Anyway, come to find out that I've known Adam for, you know, like about five years or so. And Herschel Zahn works with Adam on many projects and has gotten him, has gotten him other projects that he's going to like Texas and stuff for. This was his dad that owned the car. And we figured it out while we were on set. I had no idea. Mike Smith, man. So that man, and he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful human being. We got really close. We got to talking. He's just like his son or his son's just like him. Let's be honest. So that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> now, um, that, now I um of course I first met you in 
March of last year, I think it was. It was February or March of last year. Um, when... Yeah, why the hell you drove all the way up from Alabama to do something? But, man, we loved it. We appreciated it. Because there's not there shit to ahead. do in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's really not. <laughs> um, I mean, surprisingly, there is actually a pretty well-established film industry in Alabama. Like, Nicolas Cage films a shit ton of movies in Alabama, but they're all down in Mobile. It'd be a lot cooler if he didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not a big Nicolas Cage fan. <laughs> that's all right. I mean... Hey, we're not all supposed to love the same people, and that's fine. I respect that. I mean, okay, he had pops. He had possibly the worst Alabama accent I have ever heard. Don't you dare bring up that fucking movie. <laughs> Holy it, God damn it. <laughs> God, it, was, it. It was so bad. No, that's Forrest Gump that you're doing. No, no. Forrest Gump was like what I imagine if you hit Tom Hanks in the head daily and then told him <laughs> to do an Alabama accent. True story about that. Did you ever hear the story on that? The reason that uh, Forrest Gump's character was that way because the kid they got to play young Forrest Gump. That was how he actually, actually talked. Yeah, yeah, that was his actual dialect. Holy you know, everything shit! Everything had a yeah. My my dad worked on an oil rig, uh, so it was like the G's were overly expressed and stuff like that, and that's where he developed. So he was like, "Well, why don't we just talk like this kid? It's cool. It'll work." Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. I do remember hearing about that. Of course, I was stationed in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, for four years give or take so i spent a lot of time in the low country savannah and everything i've been to uh, the plantation home where they filmed all of uh, the scenes the house that forrest gump grew up in uh been to the the square oh, where they nice. had the bench uh as a matter of fact true story as long as we're throwing that phrase out there <laughs> i like it true story the when they're when they're showing him sitting on the bench and the bus is coming across the screen from right to left. You were on the bus. No. <laughs> Damn. Damn, I tried. No, that is the wrong direction. Those all of those squares are one way routes. They were going the wrong way down a one way corridor. Yeah, so they had that square closed off and all they would do every time they would film the bus coming in is they would film the bus coming in from right to left, going the wrong way on the street, and then when they got done and had to reset, they just backed it up out of shot of the camera and just did it again. Now, being that they were doing this in Alabama, if they'd put a lantern on the front of it, totally legal. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the thing that we talk about a lot, especially in the film industry, is that, you know, it's funny when you get people who have never been on a movie set. So you get a lot of extras that come in and they're like, well, this doesn't make sense. It's like, why is this this way? It's that it's not what's actually happening on the set. It's what the camera is going to make you perceive. Yes. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I mean, this is basically pretend. We're basically making you see our vision through a lens. And so when people say this doesn't make sense, I'm like, really? Wait till they add it. It will make sense. I promise you that. Yes. But they keep backing the same bus up. I'm like, because they only have one fucking bus. I mean, what what are you what are you looking? Do you want to flee the fucking buses for this? Come on, guys, let's be real here. I mean, the only the only thing I take issue with with that movie is all the cities in Alabama and they had to fucking make one up. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Greenbow, Alabama that doesn't even exist. Which is funny because they yeah, Greenbow, Alabama is not a real place. No, it doesn't exist. I did not know that. Yep, there Greenbow, is. Greenbow, Alabama. 
Jenna, eh? <laughs> Jenna. That's in the county at Greenbow. <laughs> now, wow, which, is, which is funny. They made up a town for him to grow up in, but they still had him in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, he went to Alabama <laughs> yeah. in Tuscaloosa. Or Tuscaloosa, as I call it, but whatever. War Eagle. Damn right. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you can reach him at. <laughs> I just pick one of my socials. I don't give a damn. But uh, I got 36 of them. Who gives a shit? I don't give a crap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, so I met Sean um, February, March last year. We were filming. Uh, well, they were filming. I was just there. <laughs> just, just hanging out. Uh, they were filming uh, episode four of The Vertrag, which. Jawohl. Jawohl. Yeah. Jawohl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is German for the contract. Indeed. Or, Precisely, yes. Or literal translation is the treaty, if I'm not mistaken. But six to one, half a dozen the other. Um, hey, don't be trying to fuck, hey, don't be trying to fucking over explain my shit. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. I don't come to where you work and throw rocks at you while you're mowing. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but, but I have seen you smack the corn dog out of his hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, that was my first acting gig now i was a background extra really yeah that was my, that was my first acting gig i was a background extra i didn't have any lines in this were, what were you bald guy number two <laughs> i was i was um i was front gate guard with a machine gun oh <laughs> and then i played a uh what, what was that go ahead I was going to say, did you have the Saw or did you have the uh, 240 Bravo? I had the M60. Oh, the, that's right. We did have a 60 in there. Fuck, dude. We had so many freaking weapons. I can't remember. Wait, so freaking awesome. This, the M60, I was like messing around with it at my house one day? Yeah, the one that's sitting right over here in the corner. Oh, yeah, that guy. I love that guy. Which we found out, Sean was actually the one that showed me this. He pulled out a belt of dummy 762 rounds. Yeah. And they yep. fit the feed tray. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, it was absolutely, it, like, literally you couldn't have planned any better. The fact that he walked up with that. And here I have this belt of 7.62 freaking, you know, uh, ammo, dummy ammo. It was like, I was like, oh, you got a 7.60? Oh, guess what Sean has? Come here. <laughs> Let me show you a little something. Yep, so that was I, awesome. Though. So I've actually got a picture of Sean in the back of his uh, armorer's truck holding this M60 with this belt of 7.62 dummy rounds hanging out of it. <laughs> Wait, you have that picture? Why don't I have that fucking picture? Hold on. I need that picture. Oh, well. That picture screams badassery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will send that to you at the end of the show. And no one has to know right. it's not real. <laughs> That's true. That, yeah, because you can't tell. I mean, just, I, just post it on Facebook, hashtag America, and just call it a day. Exactly. So, exactly. well, uh, the beautiful thing about it is that I work a lot with Evic, um, evic.com. They're an airsoft provider, and uh, I have gotten many weapons from them. Half of my arsenal is because of them, which I have over 30. I think my last count, I was at like 40. Shit, what was it? It was 40 something, 42, 43 weapons. Um, not all of them from a Vic, obviously, but they've sent me some really great. I've got G36s. I've got a couple of 1911s. I've got two MP7s, two MP5K. Oh, excuse me. But I just want to give them a quick shout out. They have been nothing but supportive in what we are doing because a lot of what we do is, is based, um, 
well, a lot of my creations, um, just me as, as the producer and also as the, uh, you know, kind of the creative content for Defense Talk was uh, to pay homage to our uh, troops. And this was literally after I had met Chris Peranto, the co-author of 13 Hours. And it was after I met him and he went, I was talking about doing the series and he was like, well, yeah, I was calling them mercenaries. And he was like, well, don't call them mercenaries and let me explain why. And then... Um, I was like, okay, so this is where this is where I took this whole this whole deal that had happened. The first talk started with basically the pilot episode again with Vernon Wells, um, Commando, Road Warrior, Mad Max, um, Weird Science. I mean, this guy was an iconic '80s bad guy. He's a personal friend of mine. He's a wonderful human being. I got him to come in and do this for us, and it's it's again. To uh, I digress. Excuse me, I ramble a lot, but it's a <laughs> so way to we. pay homage to. Well, it's a way to pay homage to our, our troops and our soldiers. The character that I actually play in the series is named Alex Crackle. Alex Crackle is actually a human being. He was a staff sergeant in the United States Army, and he was killed in Iraq in 2005. So if you watch our our episode preceding Exville, which was the one you were involved with, uh, Daniel, um, there's a I get a designator code from my from my base. I always get the designated code from his base and it's zero two zero five. Like, like I can't remember the exact, I'm sorry. It's so terrible. <laughs> um, but there's a designator code and it's actually Alex's death date. Now, if you watch the pilot, okay. And it is on our YouTube channel. You can go to Bill TV network, YouTube page, and you can see that there is a young blonde lady in there that shakes hands with the ambassador. That is actually Alex Crackle's daughter, Cherokee Crackle. Oh, wow. Okay. And the fact that, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little emotional here because, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I had become more close to her once we were filming that because I basically wanted to, I wanted to contact the family and see if I could use the likeness of Alex Crackle. I wanted to make sure that I cleared it with them before I just, you know, I paid homage to him or whatever. And of course they were fine with it. His mother's actually British. His father's from Aurora, Illinois, Clinton Crackle, Michelle Crackle is his stepmom. Um, and, and Cherokee is now living in Aurora, Illinois. She's from the UK as well. So when I made contact with them, Cherokee, uh, Clinton and Michelle came down for that filming and I got to actually meet Cherokee. And I got to tell you, the first time I laid eyes on her, I got a sense of pride and a sense of like, I started tearing up. And, and at one point she had actually um, just kind of put her head on my shoulder as like, you know, like a daughter would a dad. And I, I almost just started bawling. And it's just, it's amazing the fact that I'm able to do that and pay homage to her father, you know, because he was an incredible person. I met him in Germany. He was a metal drummer. Just, I mean, I was a drummer. He was a drummer. We had so much in common. I wanted to pay homage to him because I know he lost his life. And I know he lost his life, you know, fighting for his buddies that were there. And he was nuts and crazy. Um, so that's what this whole thing is. And, and when, I, when I approached Vernon Wells about this, when I approached my director, Herschel Vaughn, about this, I said, this is paying homage to our armed services. This is paying homage to the guys that get out of the military and have a hard time adjusting to civilian life. Because, you know, we, we're losing 22 veterans a day, guys, and that is fucking unacceptable. Right. Luckily, our numbers have gone down in the past year. We're down to 18 a day. But still, I want it at zero a day. And if there's some way that I can make this series and make this thing 
um, to, to, to basically, because most veterans, I mean, you know, Daniel, we're not going to tell you about the problems that we have. We're not going to use the words PTSD. Right. You're not going to hear that come out of a veteran. But if I can somehow get somebody to look at a veteran and see the signs and somehow reach out in a nonchalant type way, maybe, just fucking maybe, guys, we can stop this bullshit of, of us losing 18 veterans a day to suicide. And right. that is my overall goal here, guys. That's, that's all what it really boils down to. And my whole rambling, that's my end goal right there. Well, I'm definitely uh, not not even just for my own personal reasons. I'm I'm real interested to see Xville when it releases, and because uh, I'm, I'm assuming Xville is going to be the conclusion to this. Am I correct? No, it's not going to be the conclusion. It's actually going to be another thing, and that's we're we're hoping to go another step further with two more episodes to actually covering veteran suicide ah. it's going to be a very hard topic for us to cover at least some of us especially some a couple of our writers uh being veterans it's going to be very difficult but i think it needs to be done i agree um it is something that definitely you know you could do all the push-ups in the world and yeah. uh you can virtue signal all of this other stuff but i think what you're doing taking the show and actually addressing the issues and pointing out the fact that veterans like you and I, we don't discuss, you know, it's, it's a stigma almost kind of like it's it. it, And and I'm sure you went through this too, being in the military, you know, you get injured and you don't want to go up to the platoon sergeant and say, Oh, Hey, staff sergeant, I'm freaking, you know, broke knee or whatever. Because they're just going to yeah, berate absolutely. you for it. Because and, and 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 nine times out of ten, rightfully so. Because nine times out of ten, it's just somebody who's malingering, trying to get out of training, or just somebody mm-hmm. who's lazy, whatever the case. But then you do have that one individual who is legitimately hurt, but they don't want to bring up because they've been seeing what's been happening to the other nine individuals, and it's the same exactly. way with PTSD. And all of that other stuff. We don't want. We don't want. The it shows us. It shows a sign of weakness in our mind. Yes. Now we we have been. There's been plenty of people out there that say, no, it's not a sign of weakness if you need help. It's like you know you can say that all day long, but military people. I mean, they're kind of in. You know, they're kind of bred to be the problem solvers. Right. You know, that's why I love veterans working on my sets. They're like, here's the problem. Here's the solution execute that's it i don't need to have 17 meetings about this shit let's just get it done so in that same retrospect you look at it you go if i admit that i'm having problems guys listen i've had a i had a a terrible bat with depression my you know whatever my issues came to light after my second divorce okay that literally almost killed me all right i get what these guys are going through and i understand that we hold it in we don't reach out we're not going to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I need to talk about this. At the time when you fucking talk to people, they want to tell you about how they understand and how they're going through the same thing. And that's like, fuck you. I don't want to hear that. Right. What we need is more people just sitting there listening. They just sometimes need somebody to listen to. They just need to just to sit there and just go, okay, I hear what you're saying. 
Absolutely. Guys, that is the best way to combat anybody, not just veterans, but anybody going through depression. Right. If you just listen to them, don't try to compare your life or your experiences with them. Sit back and go, yes, I'm listening to you. Tell me what you need. Can I help you? What? Hey, let's go. Let's go for a walk. Like, you know, let's go pet a fucking dog. I mean, that always makes me happy. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's yeah, all I'm trying yeah. to say. So it's just, that's, that's the thing that I want to reach out to people and I want them to understand. I'm in no way a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever, those head treating people, whatever. The but lizard. I do know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is open your ears and just listen to somebody. Don't compare your life to theirs. Exactly. They don't because, want to hear that. And, and especially because of the fact that nine times out of 10, the person who's listening is a person who has not been there. So they really have no comparison. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to compare myself to a, say, sexual assault survivor because I've never been in that position. Like, exactly. I understand how you feel and I'm listening to you, but I'm not going to be the one to say, hey, yeah, because this happened in my life. So I know what you're going through. No, because I've never been through that. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest part of a mental health. Now, everybody wants to talk about how bad the VA is and all this stuff. I'm not going to agree with that. And I'm not going to support anybody that says that. And I will call them out every single time because the VA was the VA, bro. The VA saved my fucking life. Bottom line. I'm not going to get into the details about it, but it it saved my fucking life. Yeah. Okay. um... Yeah, I agree. We hear all of the horror stories about the VA. The actual medical side and the treatment side of the VA, I I think cannot be beat. It's I agree. It's it's all of the red tape that you have to go through to get to that point. That That does suck, yeah. Yeah. Um but that's just me talking again. I don't I, you know, <laughs> I'm not looking for people to agree with me here. I'm not looking to try to change anybody's mind. All right. I'm just telling you from my personal experiences and what I've gone through and what I've seen. And we just, I think as, as individuals, family members, as friends, you know, if we can just, it, it's not even about sitting down and, and brewing a pot of coffee and talking about your fucking feelings, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about just listening. Hey man, let's get together. Don't go out and have a drink with them because, you know what, fuck you. You don't know. These guys might uh, can have a couple of beers a night and they can act like responsible adults. Let's go have a drink. Let's just talk. What's going on, bro? Yeah. You feeling all right? Well, man, I'm going through some shit. And that's all you need to do. All right, tell me about it. That's all you need to do, guys. That's, that's the only thing I'm trying to say here. And I'm, I, I'm sorry I get on a – sometimes I get on my soapbox and I get – I'm very passionate about this. So, I mean, <clears throat> my veterans, any veterans, they're my brothers. Um, and at the end of the day, it's all about saving your brothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or sisters. Or sisters. Sorry, I didn't mean to be gender specific. <laughs> or sisters. <laughs> How dare you assume their gender? I know, right? <laughs> that cocksucker Sean from Creative Motion Studios. What a dick. <laughs> Every time you do that, I'm picturing that scene from Idiocracy in my head where the guy always goes, brought to you by Carl's Jr. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Because they pay me every time I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
was saying, um, uh, going back to uh, Xville. So I, I actually play two roles in the show. They're both background roles. One of them is a little bit more prominent than the other. You get, mm-hmm. to, look, you get to look a little more menacing <laughs> in that one. So the first role that I play, um, you know, I'm the front gate guard. I'm the guy with a machine gun. And I'm standing there and I'm rocking my shades and my 70s porn stash because I was working security at the time and we couldn't have beards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, that was a horrible six months. But (laughs) so I'm standing there. I'm in my uniform. I'm looking all rough and tough. And then the second role that I play, you don't actually see my face. But I do think it's a very important role because... I land a very hard blow on the main character. Like, like, like fisticuffs? Like we put no, 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 not fisticuffs. <laughs> like what we talk about like, here. I'm, tr- I'm trying not to give away too much of the show because it hasn't come out yet. Um, Go ahead and give it away. Go ahead and right, give it away. Fine. Sorry. Fuck it. So, Sean, uh, his character, Alex, is uh, pinned down and a bunch of uh, Sicario are moving in on him. And... Mm-hmm. He ends up getting shot in the process, and I'm the one that actually ends up shooting him. Well, you're a dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I also get shot in return. <laughs> All right, well, you know, as long as heard about it, start play. And you can't, you can't fuck with Alex Crackle, man. He's a sniper. And you fuck with him, I'm just saying. <laughs> oddly enough, I don't think I told you this. I actually tweaked my back during that scene. <laughs> Oh, did you really? <laughs> I really did because, and and you'll see it on camera because it was just one take. So when it does come out and you see it on camera, when I go down and you see my body hit the ground hard, that was real. That was 100% a real fall because as I was moving forward, right as the director told me to fall, my foot found a hole in the ground. <laughs> nice. So your body just went send it, bro? Yep. <laughs> Well, Daniel, oh, man, I, I you know I, I hate to tell you this, but unfortunately, I don't think that scene is going to make the cut. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I said I wasn't going to say anything about this, but unfortunately, we're talking about it right now. But uh, the director of that, he completely fucked this production. So I don't know what's going to actually happen with it. I don't know when it's coming out, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. We have all this hype about it. Um, and again, I'll, I'll explain more in detail because I have some very colorful words to say about the director and I'm not going to do it right now because I'm trying, I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd Ringo. Okay. I feel you. I I feel you. Now don't forget. I am privy to what happened. I know exactly what you're talking about because I was there when it happened. So, you know, exactly what I'm, and again, as an actor or anybody working with anybody, I'm never going to say you either work with me. If you work with them, you're never working with me. That's bullshit because that's some freaking, that's some fanatical fucking bullshit that I don't do in my, in my company, okay? Right. Um, but having said that, uh, we are no longer associated with that person and that company um, because of actions that were unspeakable actions that were for, that were basically, uh, how can I say this? They were basically pertaining to me and a couple of things that I did for some ungrateful people. So, um, unfortunately, I don't know where we're going to go with XFL. And it's a shame because we literally, I have to give it out to a big top tent right here in Louisville, Kentucky. 
They came out and set up 10 tents for us. We had over 60 um, extras on that set. We had police cars. We had police um, people on set. We had weapons. We had so much that went into that production. We actually had to do a second day of shooting because, well, uh, again, it is what it is. But um, I don't know where we are with that, guys. So I'm so sorry to have to break the bad news of like I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring that out because we're missing we're missing a lot <laughs> you know what I mean sad day <laughs> just break it my is, heart and- break my heart on my own show damn it <laughs> I know I'm sorry Daniel I wasn't going to go there but no, here's, um, uh, here's my thing. Whether whether it comes out or not, I do hope it comes out. Um, like I said, not only just for my own personal reasons, but also because of what the show is doing to help veterans. Um, but if it if it yeah. doesn't come out, you know, I I've still got the experience. Can I get a rough cut of his death scene though? <laughs> yes, actually, you can. I still have that footage. And here's the deal. Here's what I am promising every single actor that was a part of that, anyone I had to close up or anything, I will get you the footage that you were a part of to use for your own demo reel. That is the one thing I can guarantee. Sweet. Um, unfortunately. That's all I can guarantee right now because, again, I don't know where we're going with this. Um, but it really sucks because there was a lot of uh, investment money put into that. There was a lot of people that uh, put in their time and in their efforts. Some of and us just kind drove of across three states to do it. I, I, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. And no way am I going to disagree with you on that because you're 100% right. Um, but I got to tell you guys, I've got, as a producer, I've got a pretty good record. Everything I've ever produced has gotten completed. I don't have one single project in the, that has ever not gotten completed because of whatever reason. This will be literally the first ever out of 37 projects. And I'm a little different. I'm a little, you know, disappointed about it, but you know, I mean, I'm trying real fucking hard not to bash this person. Okay. But I'm sorry. The guilt has to lie on somebody because I will take credit and I will take the, I will take whatever responsibility it is when it comes to any project that I'm involved with. But when shit is out of my control, I, you know, I can't just sit back and say, yeah, it's my fault. Because it's not. It is his fault. It is the director's fault that it is not done completely. That it is not being completed correctly. So, I'm sorry. There, It's out there. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of hate mail. And I'm going to get a bunch of... I'm sure my guys at my company are going to be all pissed off at me. But it's just the truth, guys. That's all it is. And the truth shall set you free. Thank you very much. Praise Jesus. This house is clear. But um, <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have a little bit of fun right now. So, um, oh, sidebar. Oh. It's been my experience. The truth has never fucking set me free. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I wound up in jail twice. <laughs> what have we learned? Fucking lie. <laughs> no, don't there get caught. <laughs> Actually, no, it's uh, admit nothing, deny everything, and if all else fails, run. No, it's admit nothing, deny everything, and make counter accusations. Yeah, we added a line to that too. I think it was shoot the bastard, run. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a little fun with our guest right now. So, you fancy yourself a movie guy working in the biz, as they call it? Do they call it? I do to a certain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yes, I am that guy now. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> 
right here on this pretty little soundboard I got right in front of me, we've got five quotes from five films. Wait. Oh, shit. When the fuck did that okay. happen? <laughs> Those have been on there as since we got this thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, as long as it's not like Twilight or some shit, I should be able to. No, 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 no. These are, so I, w- I would classify these as a man's, man's movie. Okay, I'm down. So, like, Mean Girls? <laughs> the Notebook? Yeah, it's, it's up there, man. <laughs> hey, that man you went know, to war, okay? <laughs> The Lake House. It's funny. I see, like, uh, posts on there. It's like, you know, what's the one movie that traumatized you as a kid? I always say Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything with Bette Miller, really. <laughs> exactly. Right? He, he fucking gets it. Why does anybody else? All right. Anyway, so, hit me. Hit me. What you got? All right. So I'm going to play the movie quote, and okay. we're, we're going to see if you can guess what movie it is from. If you get it right, you will hear this sound. And if you get it wrong, you will hear this sound. That one oh, sucks nice. the most. <laughs> all right. That definitely does. All right. And here comes right. your first movie quote. We end up looking like a monkey fucking a football out there. Oh my god, dude! I know that fucking movie. I just can't. Hold on, shut up! Don't buzz me yet. Um. Oh my god, I can't think of it right now. This is terrible. So I can't ever, I can't ever remember anybody's names. <laughs> I'm going to say. Oh shit, dude! I'm sorry. I don't know. I I really don't know. Isn't that terrible? Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah, that one just hurts your feelings. Days of Thunder. God damn it. You know what? That's, that's the thing that pisses me off is because, like, I was literally going to do a show, and we were going to compare everything in life to NASCAR and Days of Thunder. It was going to be me and another. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And monkey fucking a football. I knew that. I knew that. All right. Damn it. All right. This next one should be just a little bit easier. Live for nothing or die for something. Dude, it's very distorted. You got to do it again. You got to do it again for me. All right, let me turn the volume down just a little bit. Live for nothing or die for something. Live for nothing or die for something. That's, um... <laughs> this is embarrassing. My God, I should know more. I used to be able to quote movies left and right. Um, um, shit, I don't know. I'm not even going to try it. Rambo. Eh, it's, oh, son of a bitch, I knew that. Dude, this is terrible. because This is why I can't ever remember anybody's <laughs> names. You know how many people walk up to me and go, Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm like, hey, you. <laughs> I remember you. I have no clue where, but hey. Oh. We know each other, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe this next one will be just a little bit easier for you. I mean, this one's a classic. This one's one of my favorites. You're going to do something or just stand there and bleed? Oh, come on. That's too easy, man. You're going to bark all day, little doggy? No, wait, no. Oh, that's a tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> Yeah. Right, look, I got I fucking got one. What was I thinking? I was literally thinking it was Reservoir Dogs at first, and then I went, 
Wait, you're gonna burn? No, that's not it. You can stand all day. Okay, I got you. Doc, right. I didn't know you was back in town. <laughs> Odd, oddly enough, as much as I love that movie, I hadn't seen it for years, and then I watched it for the first time probably about four or five months ago. I did not realize yeah. that the Pharaoh dealer in that scene was Billy Bob Thornton. I knew immediately. I know, right? <laughs> because I didn't, re- I didn't realize it either when I first saw it, but because he didn't look like he was it. on drugs. Yeah, exactly. True, true, <laughs> true. All right, moving on to the next one. Are you a faithless preacher? Or are you a mean motherfucking servant of God? That was distorted as well. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll give it another try. We're not professionals. Are you a faithless preacher? Or are you a mean motherfucking servant of God? Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt that one. I don't even know. From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, shit, dude. I haven't seen that in years. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's probably like one of the greatest lines in that movie. <laughs> That and Cheech Marin talking about uh, all the different types of pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was fantastic. And, you know, Trejo's death scene. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty epic. <laughs> if, you can find sake, pussy at, if you can find pussy at a cheaper price, fuck it. <laughs> Actually, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you really shouldn't. <laughs> that, that's how you catch the thing. Yeah, uh, have, you met my, have you met my second wife? Katie Stewart. Ooh! <laughs> Sorry. Oh. oh, that's right. She's an actress. What's up? Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. That, 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 uh. was, a, that was a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shot across the bow. Shot across the bow. <laughs> barely dodged that one. That will, that will probably be del- that will probably be edited. Actually, I said don't. I don't give a shit. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Next one. All right. Are you? Last one. Last one. Okay. I'm going to fuck it up. Excuse me, sir. I need a haircut. If you ain't too busy, you old Italian son of a bitch prick barber. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite movies of all time from wonderful actor and director Clint Eastwood. That would be Gran Torino. And that was uh, seen with Tao when he come in and talk to the uh, barber. And they're trying to teach him to talk like a man. <laughs> well, he got two out of five. That uh, right there is in my top Clint Eastwood movies. The other one is Heartbreak Ridge. I love Heartbreak Ridge too. Um, the Mule was another fantastic fucking movie. Not, I don't know if you've seen that one not yet. Not sure I saw wow. that. That's a, that's a fairly oh, recent wow. one within the last two or three years. Um, yeah. But two years a, ago, I think. Um, I never saw it, but I want to say the synopsis of it is uh, he ends up becoming like a drug mule or something. Yeah. That, I mean, it sounds, is. Sounds right. Brilliant. And and of course, it has the very talented Bradley Cooper in it. I'm a huge Bradley Cooper fan. I loved him ever since American Sniper. Another great Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, yes. that he never made an appearance in. Yeah, he but was, it was still a wonderful movie. He was fantastic in American Sniper. Yeah, um, and you know what's really bad too about Bradley Cooper is that, and this is terrible, um, but uh, A Star Is Born, that is a fantastic movie, guys. But I cannot watch it ever again. It got too real for me. You know what I mean? I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen the movie, you'll understand. It got too real for me. I was legitimately upset after watching this movie, but, I mean, Bradley Cooper. Lady Gagney can do whatever. I don't really give a shit. But Bradley <laughs> Cooper, the man can do no wrong. I don't care what anybody says. Bradley, if you're listening, you are the shit, bro. 
If yeah, Bradley's listening, I'm happy as fuck. Dude. I heard, he, I heard he put on like something like 20 pounds of muscle just to play Chris Kyle. Yeah. Oh yeah. He went. Oh, he went. Uh, he got jacked. Like I, I like he's because he's always been on the thin side in all his other movies, and then like I saw him in that, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he was a beast. Yeah, he, was he a beast and, got straight up jacked. Like he was definitely believable as a seal. I was like, I believe that. Oh yeah. It was very accurate. Um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, too. Like, uh, So if you ever watch Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg is another one of my favorite actors of all time. Mark, please call me. I think you would enjoy hanging out with me. Anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, I think Mark, like, I think Mark Wahlberg would be like, you know what? Sean's a pretty cool fucking guy, kid. I swear to God, he's like, he's, he's cool. You hang out with him. He's awesome. But, uh, he's got that just, Boston accent down perfect. Just don't bring oh, up man. Marky Mark and the fucking bunch. Nah, I swear, like fucking Mark Wahlberg on the freaking Marky Mark and a funky bunch. Not even cool, kid. Not even what I'm talking about. One of my favorite movies of all time is Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg. And then he yeah. did a rock star. Which is another one. He's done so many great things. Rockstar is um, fantastic. I know it's still like by far my favorite true story. <laughs> true story. <laughs> um, that's actually a, a modern day depiction of the story of Judas Priest. That's exactly what happened, but they couldn't get the rights for Judas Priest, so they basically fictionalized the uh, band and fictionalized most of the characters. Yeah, so, I, but, I you can know, see that. And you see, I've yeah. heard, I've actually heard it told differently. I heard it was. Um, 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 um uh, I want to say it was uh, sticks. Sticks? No. Or no, 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 no. no. Uh, Journey. Journey. Yeah. Are Where they, their vocalist nope. was gay? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the original vocalist um was no longer in the band, and they wound up pulling up a a vocalist from a uh, cover band. Well, like Judas Priest makes sense because you know, like Rob Halford was like actually gay. And it was like, it was, a, yeah. it was like, yeah. a, it was, it, and he was gay at a time when it was not okay to come out and be like, yeah, Hey, I'm gay. Like it was yeah. not okay. So I could totally see that like being a, like a Judas Priest thing. Well, it's the exact thing of what happened to Judas Priest. Um, and there's so many great people. I mean, they had Zach Wilde in there. They had Jason Bonham. You know, yep. those would actually be actors yeah. in there. Timothy Oliphant. Um, yeah, exactly. He was in, uh, but I look at stuff like that, and um, so I, I look back, I, I digress, but I go back to, like, Peter Berg. Peter Berg is by far my favorite director of all time. So when he did Lone Survivor, um, that's a hard movie to watch, I, I, at least for me. I don't know. I've known other veterans that have said, said the same thing. I can watch it over and over because it's fucking Mike Wahlberg. And Taylor, Taylor, what's his nuts? I don't know, man, but, oh, my God, he was in Battleship. Another Peter Berg thing. He was also in Friday Night Lights, which was a Peter Berg series. Uh, Taylor um, Kitsch? Um, yes. Yes. Uh, you, you, I love him. I just happen to love the shit out of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Isn't that a, that's like, so here's the true story. So like, I've been a Peter Berg fan for a long time. And I started watching Friday Night Lights because it was on my Netflix. I'm like, you know, I've, I've got some time to kill. Let's just see what this is all about. And I started looking at the way, first of all, the score was a giveaway. The music in it, it's very much, um, I can't think of it, the, the guy that wrote the score for it. But anyway, he's done, he did uh, The Kingdom, he did uh, Lone Survivor. But I started watching the camera angles and how things were being shot. And I'm like, God, this looks familiar. So I went up on IMDb and, of course, I researched it and found out it was Peter Berg. And I'm like, oh, it all makes fucking sense now. So it's like, again, 
Peter Berg is another one that can do no wrong in my book. I, I, I think he is the best director of all time. There'll be a lot of people that would disagree with me, but I don't care. They're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> Fuck you and your opinion. <laughs> exactly. I get into it a lot. I get into a lot with my guests because I work, I got to be honest, guys, I work with some of the best directors in this area. You know, I mean, Herschel Zahn has been a mentor of mine. He's, uh, he's probably one of my closest friends. He's my brother. Um, we butt heads a lot. We have creative differences. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We still get it done. And this guy, he just, you know, I love the way that he shoots. I love the way that he directs. He's an actor's director. If you ever get the opportunity as an actor to work with Herschel Zahn, you are going to be a better actor by the end of that production. That is a fact. And I will fight anybody that says different. Well, I mean, I'm putting this out there for myself with this 12 films project that y'all got going on. If I can ever afford to be able to take my ass back up to Kentucky and work with y'all on some of this stuff, I will do it in a heartbeat. Well, you are welcome anytime. I love the fact that you came up and did an extra role, and I did not hear one complaint out of you the entire weekend. And that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your character. And that's what we look for more than anything with this 12 films project. We want people that want to learn. If you don't exactly get to be in front of the camera, if you want to do something behind the camera, we're here to teach. If you are a director or you're a cinematographer, you're an editor and you want to learn how to be a director, you want to learn how to be, uh, you know, a, a director of photography. That's what 12 films project is all about. It's about teaching. We had our makeup artist on the last one. She's a special effects makeup artist, Kitty Snyder. She's a wonderful person. She was a script supervisor, and she loved every second of it because she learned. And she realized, this is a big, big, vital role for this. And I'm writing all this stuff down, and I'm telling you what lenses are used on what particular shots, and it helps with the edit. So that's what 12 Films Project basically started. Now, this is a, a complete, I'm not taking any credit for this, this is a Herschel Zan. Oh my God, I said Zan. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Herschel Zan. All right. Damn it, Sanders. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I got Sanders so I can fuck up somebody else's last name. But he, he was the one that basically came up with this concept. And we are just his support staff. I'm there to produce. I'm there to market. I'm there to uh, run my big fat mouth in front of the camera like I do the best. As you can tell, I had no problems talking. I don't know if that's been apparent this little, you know, podcast, but yeah. I mean, if you could talk a little bit more, that would be great. Okay, no problem. Stand by. <laughs> On the way. Um, but no, I'm just saying that uh, it's his brainchild, so we are his support staff. It's an association with Creative Motion Studios. We already have distribution set out with uh, Shemi, uh, Shemi Media Group. Uh, they have been distributing our films for the past four years. Uh, Herschel Zahn is published in numerous things, and there's going to be hopefully a really big announcement with Herschel very shortly. I'm really excited about that. Uh, we get to work with David Waite, Wasted Talent Films. Um, you know, he's a he's an actor, he's a gaffer, he's a grip, he's a DP. He was an AD on this last one. This is what we're trying to do is to teach people to do things that they're normally not comfortable doing, but it's a way to get you into the industry because let me tell you guys, Hollywood woke, the little woke culture that's going on in the cancel culture is getting ready to go down in fucking flames, ladies and gentlemen. Oorah. Now we can, 
we can either jump on that and, and hit up with the right people who actually want to work with people as a team, or you can sit here and believe all the hype and bullshit of people, you know, we're woke. And this is how we do things. And if you like, if you're a Trump supporter, then we have no use for you. Well, then get the fuck on because I don't need you. Yeah, I think uh, Daily Wire is now in the music, pro- uh, the movie producing business. Uh, yeah, they are. Like um, Ben Shapiro, I think, was just talking about a. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's in the movie or if he did something on the production. Uh, I don't, they had. I can't remember the dude's name. He was on Tim Cast uh, a, like a week or so ago. Yeah. And he and he was talking about all the stuff they're doing. And Elias, um, hold on, I'm actually going to pull that up because I just saw a podcast. I'm going to send it to you guys because I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, um, Gina Carano, I fucking love Gina Carano. They're yeah, they're working with her. Yeah, at Daily Wire. Like yeah. they they resurrected her career literally 48 hours after it supposedly ended. Yeah, <laughs> which and I don't it's think- already it's already been produced. And it's in uh, post-production right now. And Daily... Okay. Shit, I didn't want to say anything, but... (laughs) Don't violate any NDAs. (laughs) I don't have any of those yet, but... Let me just tell you this, guys. Daily Wire is going to be where you want to be. Well, yeah. I love Ben Shapiro. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love... But we did a, uh, there's a, I'm going to send you this podcast uh, as well. And um, it's basically from Gallius, uh Run, Hide, Fight. Yeah. It was a movie that was, that's the one you're talking about? Yeah, that, that exact movie. I want to see that bad. Yes. Yes. That's the one that basically put Daily Wire on the fucking market and put that producer. Guys, we're in a, we're very, in a very advantageous spot right now. If you were all about truth, and this isn't about being a Trump supporter, this isn't about being conservative Republican, it has nothing to do with that, guys. It has all to do with, do you want to work with people who believe the truth? That's all it is. Yeah. I'm, That's all it is. I'm totally okay. all in on that movie. Like, I'm ready to watch the shit out of that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> well, now. It got slammed. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that some more because now we're going to get to, since you are the first guest we have had on the show, since we got our sponsorships, um, (laughs) we're actually going to get to put these to use. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about your little sponsorship there because uh, Sean needs to get some weapons and I really love that tactical. I thought I heard your little commercial, and I'm like, um, yeah, what what can I do to get involved? <laughs> uh, you can go to toolmantactical.com, and you can use our code um, TBT30 to get 30% off of your order of 32-round <laughs> AR-15 magazines or 30-round 9-millimeter Glock magazines. Yeah. They are, Boom, baby. They, they are dope-ass magazines, too. They are. Uh, they're polymer magazines. Um Ooh. They are, I would say they are comparable to PMAGs. I would say they're better than PMAG, but that's just me. <laughs> um, I know the guy that makes them. Um, Same. I've known him for over 20 years, probably close to, let's see here, probably closer to about 30 years now that I've known him. Yeah. And he's. Man, you're old fuck. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he's, he's got a cane over here in the corner. You just can't see it. <laughs> 
It's in here somewhere. Fuck it. Um, he started doing these. Uh, he started doing these magazines back in like 2014, I think. And he started out with just the AR-15 magazine. And then probably about, I want to say probably about five years ago or so, he got a mold to start doing the Glock magazines. Man, if he ever gets a mold for a Glock 17, like normal, like standard capacity, or a Glock 19 standard capacity, I'm going to like spend millions of dollars on those magazines. (laughs) Well, shit, bro, you want to spend millions of dollars, man. I got a few projects I can send your way. (laughs) Where's that damn ski mask? (laughs) (laughs) You you want to borrow the scar that I got over there? Yeah, I'll get the scar, a ski mask, and uh, I guess I can... I think I got some road. I think I got some road flares and an old fashioned uh, alarm clock and some duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go in there and road flare bomb. Yeah. Oh, this okay, isn't a bomb. These are road flares. Sean at builttvnetwork.com. Please don't contact me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the pod decks. We're going to use the pod decks. So this is how we're going to do this. I've got six cards laid out here. I've got four interview questions. One would you rather, and one what the heck. Now, okay. I was hoping Matt wasn't going to take a peek, but uh, he did that anyway. I looked he, at one. You looked at card. one card. One fucking card. So here's how here's how we're gonna do this. You're gonna choose your own destiny here for these cards. So just pick a number, one through six. Shakira. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, that, that would be a. Do you say Shakira? That would I be did. a nine. No, that would be a fucking eleven. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Another another woman. I thank Shakira if you're listening. Um, I will treat you like a queen. That's my future <laughs> wife. She just doesn't know yet. Okay, one through six. Let's go with my uh, lucky number three. Lucky number three. And the question is, what is something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? And oddly enough, before you answer, that is the exact card I looked at. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign, gentlemen. What is something that people are obsessed with, but I'm not, basically? Yeah, something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of. Maroon 5. <laughs> I think it's just women that are obsessed with Maroon 5, and I, I, I think I know why. You know, you would you would think so, but surprisingly, the uh, the young dude bro frat boys that are you know currently out there, uh, oh, dude, this music is so good. I'm like, I'm going to kill you and your family. Wait, wait. <laughs> quit speaking to me. Shouldn't they just be like smashing white claws and like getting all date rapey? Like, yeah, they don't they don't have time exactly. to listen to music. You would think Here's that, but then with oh, low grade morons who ought to be locked into portable toilets and set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'd be them. All right, so number three has been eliminated. The answer to that was Maroon Five. I just don't get them either. Uh, Nobody. Maroon no. Five doesn't even get themselves. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard he's kind of like Adam Levine's kind of a dick to people. Yeah, um, Adam, if you're listening, stop being a dick. Yeah. And, and if you want to sue me for slander, fuck it. I don't got no money anyways. <laughs> no, let, let, let me one-up that. Let me uh, let me double down on that, Angie, there. Uh, I tell you what, Adam, if you want to be a dick, come to me and be a dick. Let me show you what being a dick's all about. 
I'm dying for something. I got to tell you, man, I got some aggression built up lately. It's pretty bad that I've been driving around lately hoping somebody will get road wage with me because I'm literally in the mood. And that's terrible. I know. I need to see Jesus. <laughs> this man was born in the woods, the wish a motherfucker woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, so, I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that and claiming it as my own. I'm sorry. You can have it. <laughs> I live in the woods. What do you mean? I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> yes. That is beautiful. All righty. So now we're down to five cards. So pick a number, one through five. Um, seeing as how my birthday is March 31st, I'm going to go with number one. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> well, I said it's three and then one, get it? 31. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's also my age. To any lady listening, I'm 31. <laughs> and I have a humongous personality. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, wow. Um, camel in Kuwait. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Delicious, believe it or not. I could actually see that being like really good. <laughs> you know what's really great about camel is that it literally it has so much fat in it that you get so much natural flavor, and it tastes very. Uh, I don't know how to how to describe the taste, but oh, yeah, that's definitely the weirdest thing and the one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. So interesting. Next time I'm in the Middle East, I'll have to give that a try. If I'm ever, I would. If I'm ever in the Middle East, something has gone horribly fucking wrong. <laughs> this is true. Well, I mean, something did go horribly wrong for me to be in the Middle East. I was yeah, in yeah. the fucking army. <laughs> yeah, I, I chose not to sign on that dotted line. The, um, yeah. Mine. I decided, like, hey, what's a good idea? Let's join the army and uh, let's see the world. Oh, and let's also, like, you know, live with sand in our pants and away from our families, all the, which wasn't bad. My first wife was a bitch, too. But, um, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My daughter, I hope my daughter doesn't hear this. Honey, I love, I'm sorry, that's bad. Daddy did not mean that. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, my, uh, my first deployment to Iraq, um, I was at a uh, forward operating base uh, right outside a little village called Rawa, which mm-hmm. is situated right on the Euphrates River. Yep. Now, people that have never been to the Middle East, they hear Euphrates River and they think, oh, you know, the birth of civilization, Christianity, all that other stuff. It must yep. be a beautiful location. Looking at it, yeah, it's a very beautiful location. I've got pictures that I just... I still to this day will go back and just admire the beauty of the city and everything. But then I also think about the shit that I've seen get dumped in that river. (laughs) And I saw your mini can't say (laughs) we were, I was, uh, I was actually on the road one day in the bomb box. So we had the Iraqi police searching the cars as they're coming through the checkpoint. And I'm in a bomb proof box. And I've been on a steady diet of MREs for the last five and a half, six months. One of the Iraqi police officers comes in, says, we're going to have lunch. Oh, cool. What are we having? A guy that came through the checkpoint had been fishing in the Euphrates River and gave us a fish. 
They, did you eat it? They did not do any prep work. They didn't scale it. They didn't clean it. They built, they took a couple of pallets, broke up the wood, made a fire, threw a metal grate on top of it, and then threw the fish on the grate. So, and then about 20 minutes later, an Iraqi police truck come up to our checkpoint and dropped off a big-ass platter. And when I say big-ass platter, I'm talking, like, almost as big as the table we're sitting at. Okay. Full of chicken and rice and uh, pita bread. Mm-hmm. And we sat there, and we picked the fish off the bones and had chicken and rice and pita bread for lunch. Yes, I gotta I, tell you, <laughs> I'm excited. Like that literally sounds delicious as hell to me. So yes, I ate a fish that came out of the Euphrates River. <clears throat> well, it's no different than eating a fish that comes out of the Ohio River or the Tennessee. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> Tennessee River sucks. <laughs> well, there is just a little bit of a difference because if I catch a fish out of the Tennessee River, then it's going to be prepped and scaled and cleaned before I ever cook it. And it's going to be nuclear huge. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like you jump, you jump in the Tennessee River in the wrong spot, you're coming out with a third testicle on your forehead. <laughs> oh, good. My second wife should be excited. <laughs> I'm gonna get. You don't understand the amount of shit that I'm probably gonna get from my uh, my business partners. They're gonna be like, Sean, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Now, we're down to four cards. So, pick a card. A, B, C, or D. Let's see. I like them double Ds, so give me D. He is effectively dodging those off-the-wall cards. Uh, Yeah, but the process of elimination, he'll get there. All right. (laughs) Now, I think this is actually a really good question. When you think about success, what comes to mind and why? Uh, private jets, limousines, Shakira finally saying yes to me. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, if that's success, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. and This is what I get a lot, especially in the movie industry here, at least the independent industry. Is a lot of people are like, you know, as long as I make a living and I'm comfortable, I'm fine. I'm like, fuck that. I want the riches. I want the success. I want to go to Vegas and drop a million dollars and not think twice about it. And I want Shakira to come home every night and be like, ooh, papi, me and Jill going to have some fun tonight. I'm like, yep, yeah, hell yeah, we are, girl. Come here. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, that's my idea of success. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, I want to provide for my family. Fuck that. My daughter's 22 years old. She's in school, and she's awesome. I don't need to do shit anymore. I don't need a wife, except she's here. But that's just me. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, I mean, I guess that could be considered a level of success. <laughs> like, that's like the top level. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go big or go home, baby. That's how, that's how I live my life, man. At least it's not a quarter mile at a time. That, that's all I need. There you go. See if you're not first all right, moving on to the next card. Eins, zwei, or drei? Drei. Mr. Uh, Matt is going to ask this one. 
If your office had show and tell for adults, what thing would you be proud to display? I'm scared to have asked that question. <laughs> you should be because I'm really contemplating on two different answers. Uh, what would I be proud to show? <laughs> the revolver strap on from Desperado. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, oh, shit. What was like is it something like I'm I'm assuming it's something that I have and I would want to show? Yeah. Yeah. Um my huge personality. That <laughs> <laughs> counts. It does, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Your huge personality take, for show and tell. Take that however you want, ladies. I'm just saying. Sean at BillTVNetwork.com. Oh, man. All right. We're down to the last. We're down to the last two cards. All right. So pick left or right. Um, right. All right. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Oh, wow. Now, this is actually going to be a serious answer, um, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> everybody snickered when I said that. It's funny. Um, my greatest achievement. Oh, God. There, there's actually a lot. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to narrow it down to one. I mean, let's be honest, guys. You know, I have probably the coolest daughter on the planet. So my greatest achievement is my little girl. Kenzie Saunders, there, there. I got sentimental for a minute. For a minute. Oh, <laughs> you big old cuddly teddy bear. I know. That's right, ladies. Sean at builttvnetwork.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna do like an like an '80s dating ad video for him. <laughs> hey, why not? There's a reason I'm single, guys. I'm just saying. I'm not a keeper. <laughs> I'm that guy that you you have fun with, but you don't take home to your mom. And the tagline on the bottom is, he's hung however you need him to be. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Depends on how drunk you are. And he has a huge personality. Exactly. That's all we need. (laughs) It gets even bigger if you measure from the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking funny. Oh, well, what's the last card? Now, I feel like we need to at least do the last card for shifting gigs. Oh, yes. We're definitely doing this one. This one is a would you rather. Uh-oh. Even better. Would you rather work with dead people in a mortuary or work in the busiest ER trauma unit in the world? Oh, that's easy, guys. Busiest ER trauma in the world. I mean, I've done EMS. I work in the OR now. Yeah. You know, and, and here's why. And this is something that a lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, they talk about my job. I, I work in the operating room. I'm a traveling surgical tech, actually by trade, believe it or not, other than this movie producer shit I do. Um, but I enjoy it. And like, I don't know if I could handle the blood and guts. And I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, think about it like this. Whatever you're doing at that particular moment is prolonging somebody's life. You're saving people. You know, we, we hear all these social justice warriors that are constantly going around, get the vaccine, wear the fucking mask because you care about other people. Bitch, 
put your ass in the fucking hospital and actually do something in this world rather than run your fucking mouth out there on the fucking soapbox. Take your fucking mask off and go in that fucking ER and actually do something in this world rather than run your mouth like some little freaking privileged whatever. I'm sick of it. I have been working in healthcare since I was 16 years old. I would definitely much rather be in the ER uh, saving people's lives than sitting out here. You know, what was the, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. I, I lost it. Or, work, or working in a mortuary. No. Def, definitely want to save lives. Seen too many dead bodies in my life. I'm, I'm over that. I'm all about it. I like I like when they come in sick and they leave healthy. That's my <laughs> that's my gig. That's my bag, baby. Yeah. See, I hate when I go in sick and they don't know what it is I have, but they still prescribe me something. That's just that's an Alabama thing. It's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too, and it's and, and this is something I tell people all the time. I mean, you know, um, pharma, you know, pharmacology and medicine and stuff like that. It, it's a trial and error. What works for me, I can take. When I had my ankle surgery, I had uh, Lortab tens, and they literally messed me up. Like, I took one, forget about it. I'm done for the next six hours, okay? Other people can take, like, five of them and be like, I ain't feeling shit. So I tell people all the time, pharmacology is kind of a science that's not exact. They have to see what's going to work. I think this might help you, but I'm not 100% sure. Let's give it a shot. If it doesn't work, then come back. It's a pain in the ass, guys. I get it. But everybody, you know, every everybody's... Uh, uh, chemistry makeup is different. So it's all about trial and error, unfortunately, at this point. Well, specifically what I'm talking about without getting into the realm of TMI for myself is <laughs> shut up, Matt. <laughs> like I know what you're talking about. Uh, about two months ago. Uh, no, it's been longer than two months ago. I think three months ago. Within the, within the last year. <laughs> well, that narrows it the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, I had to go to the ER for a physical ailment. Okay. Of a thrombosed condition. <coughs> and I get into the ER. They get me into a room. And I, <laughs> I felt so bad for for the nurse because she, I'm I'm pretty sure she is still like, in school. Oh, so she was like doing clinicals. And- yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was doing clinicals. <laughs> yes. Those are the best ones to get. And, right. and I looked at her and I was like, I am so sorry that I have to do this to you. <laughs> but, you know, I dropped trial and she looks at it and she says, yeah, I've seen bigger. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to go bring the doctor in. <laughs> and the doctor... <laughs> <laughs> the doctor oh, yeah, that's funny. Sorry, go ahead i'm sorry that's just funny the, oh, the okay. doctor comes in and she looks at it and i told her what i thought it was not from you know webmd because webmd would have said i was dying no you you died five minutes ago exactly according to webmd um yep. no just because this is not the first time i have dealt with this condition and I told her, you know, this is what I think it is. And she's like, well, no, it's it's not that. And 
I don't think it's this, you know, I, I really don't know what this is. Hmm. So she walks out of the room. And then about 20 minutes later, the nurse comes walking in with my discharge papers. Odd. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, That's so, kind of a sucky situation. I get that. What, what, like, what, and I look at the paperwork and <laughs> what she had listed on there for the ailment was one of the things she said she didn't think it was. You know what she did? She went out in the hallway, wrote both things down on a piece of paper, on a separate piece of paper, taped them to the wall, grabbed a dart, spun around three times, and threw the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, all right, that's what we're treating for. There we go. That's all you have to do. Oh, God. Thank, thank God she didn't call house in on that because... I, uh, it'd have been a lupus. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been getting treated for fucking TB or some shit. <laughs> Smallpox. <laughs> it's never lupus. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, in this day and age, guys, is that, you know, there's so many things that things can be. And, you know, this, you know, the COVID theater has pretty much thrown people through a loop anyway. And it's this whole, you know, we have to act a certain way in order to be surrounded by people, yada, 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 whatever. It's also distorted, unfortunately, a lot of our doctors' judgments. And you know, I think it sucks. Since you since you brought it up, you know this wouldn't be two beards talking without t- discussing something that just happened recently. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> and and I'm sure you have seen this, Sean, and I'm sure you have an opinion on it. Um, I think it was about five days ago. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida was. Uh, he he was doing a kind of like a press conference kind of thing. And it was, uh, I guess he was announcing like this money that was being given to the science department at the University of Southern Florida. And he had students standing behind him, high school students, college students. Mm -hmm. And as he is walking up to the podium, he looks at the kids and he flat out tells, look, take the mask off. We've, we've got to stop this COVID theater. Okay. This, you know, you know, if you want to wear the mask, that's on you, but you know, this is just ridiculous and we got to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something right now. If that man runs for president, I will be his personal security. I will vote for him and I will threaten people that won't vote for him. <laughs> that I actually, okay. So Sean Burton Saunders, you can find me on TikTok. I did a video of that exact video that he did. I stitched it. What they call is basically they, you play a little bit of that and the COVID theater. So COVID hashtag COVID theater has been on all my social media for the past like four days. I'm literally living the COVID theater and I totally agree with them real quick. I know this is going to piss some people off, but the masks are bullshit. Yeah. And the fact that you want to look at me and say, I'm wearing a mask because I care about people around me. Bullshit. You little fucking self-righteous little douchebag. You are wearing that mask so you can pat yourself on the back and tell everybody about how much you care. You see, the people who really care, oh, I don't know, the hospital workers who are actually treating these people don't walk around patting themselves on the back all fucking day talking about how much they care about everybody. They do their job, and they shut the fuck up. Well, that's my opinion on that. There was a (laughs) follow-up to this video. Um, 
Um, <laughs> so there was a one of the students that was standing behind Governor DeSantis when uh, he steps up to the podium. Some of them take their masks off. Some of them don't. One of the students was more than eager to take his mask off. Like, he takes the mask off, and he's smiling. Like, he's loving this. And then... I can only assume that it was the same day because the student was still wearing the exact same clothes that he had on. His mother went to the local media outlets and went went on camera to do an interview. And she is uh, admonishing Ron DeSantis for doing this. You know, you 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 don't have the right, you know, you're coming out and you're telling the kids that uh, what their parents say don't matter, you know. I make him wear the mask. I tell him he has to wear the mask. And they even asked the kid in the interview, you know, did you feel intimidated by Ron DeSantis, the governor telling you to take the mask off? The longest pause I have ever seen someone do to think about an answer. Because I guarantee you, the moment the cameras went off, if he had given the wrong answer, his mom would have slapped the ever-loving shit out of him. That's the kind of vibe that she gave off. But he takes the longest pause ever, and he finally answers, and he goes, Oh, a little bit. Felt, uh, yeah, a little bit. And the point, the, the funny thing about this entire situation She's, you know, she's talking trash about Ron DeSantis for him telling the kids they can take their masks off. Of course. And she makes her son wear the mask every day, so on and so forth. While she's giving this on-air interview, she's not wearing a mask. Oh, wow. It's amazing. (laughs) How hypocritical things are, isn't it? It really is. It's not, guys. It's all it's all a freaking ruse. I mean, I'm sorry. I think most people, and I'll say something real quick, and this is going to piss a lot of people off, but not one single person has died of COVID. Let me explain. Most of the people who have passed after contracting COVID have had some kind of underlying issue, whether they knew it or whether they didn't. You know, your cancer patients. Yeah, okay. I, I will actually get behind that. If you're around a cancer patient, they should wear a mask. Um, I, mean, I, I say cancer patient, but I mean somebody who has cancer or whatever. Okay. Their immune system's down. Any immune deficiency disorder. Okay, fine. Here's the deal. Why can't we be just as accepting of the people that don't want to wear a mask? And I'm sorry, but even some of us who are anti-maskers, we don't need to criticize people who want to wear that mask. If somebody comes in and they're wearing a mask, so what? It makes them feel comfortable. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But if you come in wearing a mask and start belittling me because I'm not wearing one, well, I'm going to throw you into oncoming traffic because I'm a jerk. And that's what I'm going to do. There's there's one caveat to that. If I see you wearing a mask in your car while you're alone, I'm going to berate the shit out of you because <laughs> that's the dumbest fucking thing ever. What are you going to do? Get COVID from your car? I agree a hundred percent, but let, let me just, let me counter with this. I mean, if it makes them feel better, is it honestly like, is it hurting you is what I'm, is, is what I'm basically getting to. It makes my head hurt. Does it may it make you. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm just saying, think about this logically, guys. I mean, you know, we look at people, there are a lot of people that don't, you know, they don't accept gay people. Me personally, I, you know, I, I have no issue with it. I don't see a person as a gay person. If you happen to be gay, as long as you're happy, I don't give a shit. But there are people out there that absolutely hate that and they will speak out against it. Now, somebody Westboro Baptist Church. Exactly. If somebody who is gay and they're sitting there and, you know, this person is like, you're going to hell for being gay, but are they really hurting you? I mean, are your feelings really that sensitive? Just turn around and walk away. I'm a, I'm a pretty little snowflake. <laughs> uh, now, my whole stance the whole time is the same thing I told my grandmother. I said, because she wanted me to get the vaccine. I was like, I'm not getting that fucking thing. I was like, if yeah. you want to get it because, you know, you're 76, fine. You get it. Uh, I hope it does what it's supposed to do for you. I said, I, as a 35-year-old, don't feel that I need it. So I'm just not going to do that. Well, you know, yeah. here's the thing about that, and it's the same way for me. My mother, she's, um, how old is she now? 64. Yeah. And she's had COVID twice. Yeah, me too. Second time she caught it was after she got her first dose of the vaccine. Well, yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, that shit, that, that, yep, that shit tracks. <laughs> um, now, I don't have the vaccine. You can call me an anti vaxxer all you want, but here's the thing about it like, all of the vaccines that I took in the military, all of those vaccines were tried and tested multiple times over before it was ever introduced to be actually used on humans for years yep you mean to tell me that this uh mutant disease that just popped up out of nowhere yeah that's what we're going with yeah okay this mutant disease that just popped up out of nowhere and started fucking up the planet china somebody was you know someone got on the world computer and was playing plague inc fun game by the way yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're telling me that this mutant disease, yeah, sure, that is fucking up the entire world, that we don't have a vaccine for, all of a sudden, within what was it, six months, two months, it, less than a year. Yeah, it wasn't long. Less than a year. When Biden took office. Well, it, Operation Warp Speed started under Trump. They had a they had vaccines um, right at the end of Trump's uh, time in office. the The thing I found the funniest about it was all the all the Democrats that were like, "I'm not taking Trump's vaccine. I'm not taking Trump's vaccine." Inauguration Day, 2020. Oh fuck yeah, let's get get vaccinated. Like, huh? What the fuck? Yeah, because now all of a sudden it yeah. became Biden's vaccine. <laughs> it's like Jesus yeah. Christ. And, but you know, the politics aside, you're telling me that all of the vaccines that we have developed in the past that have to go through years of clinical studies and research and human trials and human trials before it can be dispensed, you're telling me that we're going to develop a vaccine in less than a year and you expect me to take you at your word that it's going to do what it's going to do? Well, okay. So a lot of this is like uh, mRNA uh, technology, um, 
which is a relative for, from what I know is relatively new. Um, but technology's gotten a lot better since the polio vaccine. So it's not unheard of that they could come up with a, a vaccine that quickly. Uh, but they usually don't give it to the public that quickly. It was, you know, extenuating circumstances. They were like, we want to get everybody back to doing shit because we've just destroyed the economy. So we need to get everybody back working. So fuck it. Uh, human trials start now. Uh, you're them. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, I've watched interviews with the person that like was one of the lead developers on mRNA technology. And, uh, you know, it's it's very promising stuff. But uh, I don't like rushing science. No. <laughs> no not a huge fan well, of that. It's funny you say about science because, I mean, the whole mentality behind this is mind-boggling. It's like science doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, it does as long as it's approved. <laughs> well, I mean, the science keeps changing. As, well, that's because the narrative keeps changing. <laughs> Well, the science is going to change. And that's, that's the thing that, that people don't understand as well, and that's something that I think we all need to understand, is that science, it's weird because science, and to say it this way, science is not an exact science. No. Variables will always come up in any scientific method, whether it's a hypothesis or whether it's a actual proof. The problem is, is that a lot of people, and this is what you get, especially with political arguments, is that there's a difference between objective research and confirmation bias people actually look for what they want to find and then all of a sudden they find a couple of articles on it an opinionated article mind you and they claim it as fact right and okay. that's the thing yeah textbook definition of science changing doctors used to prescribe cigarettes like that, that was a fucking thing <laughs> it was you're right you're absolutely right and now we're like ugh, those kind of kill you yeah. Oopsie. Well, um, <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let's see here. Uh, what 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 was it? Uh, laudanum. <laughs> yeah, laudanum. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a big thing in the West. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, fucking d- drink this shit. It'll do something. We don't know what though. It's fucking opium. I mean, yeah. Come on. You know, um, it's supposed to help with your headaches, but oh yeah, by the way, you get very addicted and you die from it. But yeah, it, <laughs> that's none of my business. Anytime I hear someone say the science is settled, I'm like, that's literally not how science works. <laughs> if the science that, is settled, it's because the thing died. <laughs> exactly. Everyone wants to say science is exact. It's like, well, it's really not. I mean, a lot of things change. A lot of things, a lot of variables come in. You know, the flu vaccine, unfortunately, I, I'm not a big flu vaccine guy. Unfortunately, because of what the, the job that I work in, I have to get it. And it's a little more trial and and tested. But, you know, when I was in the Army, we were made to get one every single year. And every single year I got sick. Oh, I'll I'll one-up you on that one. When I was at the School of Infantry at Camp Geiger, Navy lost my shot records not once but twice. (laughs) Holy shit, you will never get polio. (laughs) (laughs) Every single shot and vaccine that I received when I was in boot camp, I had to go back and get again. I wound up getting the flu shot three times in one month. That that's not that's if not good. I ever get the flu again. 
I will be surprised. If you get the flu, I would sue the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, like motherfucker, right. look. But I always look at it like this, you know, and, and this is my whole thing about not getting the COVID vaccine. Not only the, the science doesn't prove to be effective, um, you know, my parents, uh, sorry, mom, I'm going to go ahead and give our personal business here, but my parents both got the shot. They both got COVID. Now, granted, it was a mild case of it, and that's what they're saying the science is. Oh, with well, this Omicron variant, uh, Omicron per CIH, my name is Lure. Um, <laughs> so this Omicron thing is like, it will be a less of a severe severity of the, uh, the COVID. Okay, fine. But what you're telling, what you're basically trying to sell me right now is that everybody that gets the vaccine will not get COVID. Well, both of my parents got it. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry if you listen to this. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I've dropped <laughs> the F bomb six times. I've counted. Um, but I mean, you know, that's the first thing I told my mom or I told my, my dad got it. I went, well, good thing you guys got the vaccine. Well, they actually, they, they, have they did a, a really hard uh, spin campaign and started changing definitions because used to back in the day, uh, you didn't get vaccinated. You got inoculated against these viruses, and when, yeah. when this shit first came out, they were like, "Yeah, you get your you get your inoculation." And they're like, dit, 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 dit. "That's not what it is. That's not what it is." <laughs> you see, yeah. if, if if one gets inoculated, then one can't get it. But if you get vaccinated, there's a better than average chance you might not. And if you do, holy shit, probably not going to be a bad thing. But they had to like completely start changing definitions of what words fucking meant, <laughs> so that people could like be like, "Yeah, I got." vaccinated are you sure i don't yeah, know what that sure? means anymore like, when's i honestly the last time? believe when's the i last? honestly believe that being in the military and working in healthcare, i've definitely been inoculated i'm pretty sure i can survive cancer right now i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> well, I, I got see i got the i got the homicron i got the og strain way back when it was before it was cool to get it and uh then i got the homie then i got the homie crying and uh that one wasn't that bad uh the nurse kind of pissed me off um because i sat in a goddamn line for five hours for them to tell me the shit i already knew they were gonna do so that was that was pretty dope <laughs> I, I get to the window and she's doing my vitals and she's like well sir your your uh your blood pressure's kind of elevated i was like oh really is could it be because uh i'm sitting in a car for five hours running a fucking fever maybe that had something to do with it i don't know i don't know i'm not a doctor but you know i did look on webmd <laughs> and, then, and then she was like so uh we're gonna she's like you did test positive for covid i was like i already knew that i, I just saw that one coming and i was like let me guess you're gonna give me a zithromycin and send me home aren't you she was like, uh, yeah. I was like, so why the fuck did I come here? Yeah. <laughs> why am I? If I could write my own prescriptions, I could have just saved myself five hours. And you see, that's the thing about it. You know, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago with the whole uh, COVID thing. And, you know, if you look at our generation, um, you know, Sean, you're right around the same age as us. All right. If you look back to our childhood. Yeah, that was bleak. <laughs> what did we do? All the things I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I mean, we literally ate dirt. 
We played yeah. outside. We were exposed to the elements. Our immune, your immune system is like a muscle. You have to train it. You have to exercise it. You have to expose it to the elements in order for it to do its job. Yeah, because you never know, and you might have to fuck yourself out of a sticky situation. That, that, where, where's your Where's your little ding bell? Man, hit your little ding bell like fifty times, because quite <laughs> frankly, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, uh, oh, oh, another page, another page. Oh. Where is it? It's somewhere on oh, here. Right. The, the moment's gone. You fucked it. Found uh, it. No, there you go. The, the, exactly. The moment was gone. You fucked it. Daniel wins the 40% from that new tactical company. Here's what I'm saying, gentlemen, and this is what I've said since day one. If we, you know why COVID got out of hand and, and people can, you know, whatever, we can get a doctor on here to disprove whatever I'm saying. But I mean, basic science tells you because we sterilized our lives, social distancing, the masking, the washing your hands every five seconds. I mean, I do that anyway. I work in the OR for Christ's sake. And he pretty much won't be washing my hands that much, but we have literally stopped our, a nat- our natural immune system from doing its fucking job. Our first line of defense against any disease or any infection is our skin. The next are our lungs. They have, they are the ones that train, like you said, Daniel, that train our immunity system to fight off disease and infection. Now, there's just things that are going to get past it. That's understandable. There's nothing you can do about that. But when you sterilize your life and you don't let your kids play in the dirt, which is what you also, uh, you know, kind of touched on a little bit, that's why people, you sterilize your life, you're going to get sick. If you don't build up your immunity system, you're going to get fucking sick. If you go to the doctor every time you have a little sniffle and pump yourself up with antibiotics, you're bypassing your immune system. Yeah, they don't work after a while. After you've had so many doses of antibiotics, after a while, your body's going to say, what's the, get this out of here. This shit ain't working here. (laughs) Welcome to COVID. Boom. I I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but like, like a lot of the antibiotics they used to prescribe were amoxicillin. I haven't yeah. been prescribed amoxicillin in forever simply because they were over-prescribing it. Our bodies were like, oh, amoxicillin? Uh, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, I need something different. Because you know. it was penicillin, then it became amoxicillin, and now it's, I don't even know what. Some other cillin. No, it's not a cillin this time. <laughs> I'm not sure what <laughs> Oh, antibiotic. we changed the name of it? <laughs> yeah, they had to change the name of it. But it's a completely different antibiotic because our bodies were coming resistant to the penicillin and amoxicillin. And that's what it is. I haven't subjected myself to antibiotics, and I couldn't tell you how long. True story. I was going back to another contract, and uh, it, it was like three or four days before I was supposed to report to someplace. I don't remember exactly where. Um, and I go, and I get strep throat. I have a sore throat. And so I go to the VA at like 3 o'clock in the morning because I just can't sleep. I'm miserable. I go over there. I get the little strep throat test, which is pretty much, I don't know how these porn stars do this because you touch anything in the back of my throat, I'm going to gag like there's no tomorrow. So I would be a terrible, <laughs> anyway, not going to go into that. Anyway, what no I'm saying. No fluffer work for him. <laughs> no, it's just not going to work. I, I'm not going to be able to do it. So sorry, that's not on my resume. But the doctor comes in and he looks at me and he says, well, you got strep. I went, yep, kind of figured. And he says, so I can give you a regiment of pills for the next 10 days 
or I can give you a shot in the butt right now for penicillin. What do you think? I said, so one shot as opposed to 30 pills. Yeah, let's do that shot. Within a day and a half, literally, actually, with not even that much, like a day, strep throat was gone. Completely gone. Gotta love that good old peanut butter shot. Oh, I know, right? Oh, my God. I mean, at least you could have kissed me on the back of the neck first. But either way, (laughs) the point I'm saying... Is that like I have not exposed myself to antibiotics for you know years that like literally I'm I, I'm a I, there's no way I could be a, a druggie because I just couldn't do it I can't take pills this literally I don't even know what I'm trying to say here I'm completely just bamboozled because I'm thinking about it I'm like wow it literally a day later and I was done immunity see immunity. here's here's the thing about me when I get sick like if I catch a cold. I'll take a, I'm, I will automatically throw myself on a vitamin C regimen. Oh, yeah. I'm chugging emergency like it's going out of style. Uh, I don't do yeah. the emergency, but I'll do like uh, like the citrus Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. I'll do the citrus Alka-Seltzer, and I will pound orange juice all day long. And yep. within a couple of days, hey, I'm back to normal. Yeah, I like, I like the emergency. That stuff's There's good, only right? one thing. There's only one thing that will ever cure a cold, and it's time. Yeah. Sometimes it can last a couple of days. Sometimes it'll last a week, but that's the only thing. I don't take anything. If I get a cold, I'm just like, my life sucks. I lay here in the bed. I whine. I cry. I call some of my female friends. Come over and take care of me. But, no. So you're a typical male when you catch a cold? Hell, yeah. I'm going to freaking <laughs> live that <laughs> Uh, women get to be typical women during certain times of the fucking year. Damn it. I'm going to be able damn right. I'm having the man cold and take care of me because I take care of you all the other time. So fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and you know, when I caught COVID, I had the OG Rona, but it was, you know, the hipster variant. No, I had the hipster. Variant. Yeah. Yeah. You had I'm, the hipster the variant. Hipster. Yeah. You had the hipster variant. I had it before yeah. it was cool. Damn it. Um, yeah, I, I had the OG variant, uh, caught it like six months after COVID became a thing and I was at work. I was, I was DJing at a bar at the time I was at work. It was a slow night. I felt like shit. I could feel myself getting sick. Like I just, I knew like I'm one of those people that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting fucking sick and it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. I go home. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning still feel like shit, take my temperature, and it's like 101. So I drive down to the rapid care clinic. And when they get me into the little triage room to get my vitals, now my temp is up to 103. And they take me into the room. They stab me in the brain. That's always fun. They put me on a pack and send me home. And then like, <laughs> Ten days later, I got my test results. COVID positive. Well, by that point, I was already feeling fucking better. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, the funny thing about that was when you got COVID for the first time, I was literally with you, <laughs> like, in the car. You're like, I, you know, I think I might have COVID. I was like, Motherfucker, really? <laughs> All right, douche. Some of it. And, I mean, that's literally how it was for me. When I got home from the doctor, I popped some Tylenol threw on some sweats, went and climbed in the bed, and got under the covers. He got some Haagen-Dazs and some Chick-Flicks. He was good to go. Took a nap. 
I woke up about four hours later. I'm lying in a puddle of sweat. I check my temp. It's down to like 99.8. I pop some more Tylenol, go back to bed, wake up. Now I'm down into like the low 90, like I'm like a 99.1. I'm still sweating my ass off. And then I just couldn't taste or smell anything for a couple of weeks. Dude, Omicron for me lasted 12 hours. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I went to the doctor, sat there for five hours, got the positive result, and I was like, well, cool. I got to call my boss and let him know I'm going to be out of work. And that was on a Friday. So I left work on Friday, went and got tested, got my result that day. Went home, told him, I was like, hey, uh, no, it was on Thursday, my bad. So I missed Friday from work, and I wasn't supposed to go back until the following Wednesday. I literally went home. Fell asleep for 12 hours straight. Woke up, fell fine. I was like, I'll be in work on Monday. <laughs> like, yeah, just, I remember that. I just like immediately went back to work. I was like, fuck this. I'm not missing money. COVID. Yeah, because by that point, they'd stopped the, the COVID payments and yeah, yeah, businesses didn't have to pay people if they were out with COVID and all that other shit. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not. My, my check's going to suck missing one day. I can't miss five days. Yeah. No. Kiss, kiss well, my ass. Riddle me this. So I was basically working in one of the most infectious hospitals in the Midwest during the outbreak of the pandemic. I've been in hospitals the entire time and even went up to Michigan at one point, which is the most freaking, I'm sorry, democratic, libtarded state I've ever been to. And I still haven't contracted COVID. So uh, you, you really need to. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I want to be part of the in crowd. Yeah, it is, it like is like fun the- for the whole family. You haven't had co- You're not cool, man. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just not cool yet. Haven't contracted it, gentlemen. That's all I'm saying. What's no, going on here? No, you know what? N- this is what it is. It's like in that. It's like in every zombie story uh, where you've got the one person who gets bit, but they don't turn. Yeah, <laughs> that's we we need to extract a DNA sample from you so we can do a breakdown and figure out because because you've been exposed, yeah, <laughs> multiple Numerous. times over. Well, hold on, I'm getting ready to blow your mind. Ready for a ready for a mind fuck here? Could it be? And this is going to go back to what we were just talking about. Could it be because I've been exposed to it in small doses for so long? That natural immunity actually worked? What? Uh, uh. <laughs> 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 okay, so that, that same doctor that I went to literally forced my mom to have COVID. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, literally forced. So I my uncle got COVID, and then a day later, I got tested and had it, and then like, a couple days later, my grandmother got tested and had it. My mom was fine the whole fucking time. And so she was like, well, do you think I need to go get tested? And I was like, do you feel okay? And she's like, yeah. I was like, then I wouldn't go get tested. She's like, well, I think I will just to be on the safe side. So she goes to the doctor. They do one of the rapid tests. And she's explaining, you know, you know, my, my brother had it. My son had it. My mom had it. And the doctor's like, well, you should have it then. And the, the, the rapid test comes back. And she's like, huh, well, that's not right. It says you're negative. She's like, okay, then I'm good to go. She's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> did one oh, of the, wow. Did one of the tests that they have to send off to the lab. <laughs> did that. It came back positive. I was like, man, they forced that fucking outcome. <laughs> That's yeah, some oh bullshit. 
I agree. That's complete garbage. And See, that's and that's that's the other thing about COVID is you know you you go back to everything when it started. You hear about all the hospitals that are getting extra funding based on their COVID numbers. The more COVID numbers you have, the more money you get. I'm sorry to say it, but a hospital is a business. Oh yeah, especially in America, and <laughs> yeah. we're in a capitalist society. <laughs> Well, we generate revenue. So if I'm a business owner, i.e. a hospital, because it is a business, if I am a business owner and the government is going to give me more money based on these numbers, hmm, we're going to take that one, we're going to change that to a seven, we're going to take this three, and we're going to change that to an eight. Well... We're getting into hospital politics now. I don't, um, respectfully, I don't agree with exactly what you're saying there. Um, Because most, I mean, most hospitals uh, are nonprofit. So, but again, they do take the profits that they do obtain and they end up like building more buildings, doing more research, stuff like that. So I'll 50 50 agree with you on that one. I, I don't fully believe that they were, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say that every hospital was doing it. I mean, that would be like saying that, you know, the guy that yeah. crushed George Floyd's windpipe is indicative of every law enforcement officer in the nation. You know, yeah. that's, you know, I'm not going to say every hospital did that, but again, a hospital is a business. And, and there are, uh, there are some for-profit, um, uh, physician-owned hospitals and clinics and stuff like that. So did they do that? Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I mean, it's just like that guy that uh, got a motorcycle wreck and then died from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have you guys seen the meme where there's a guy, like, sitting at the, uh, like, he'd been in a car accident and he was through the windshield and there's a reporter there going, so tell me when you contracted COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, I mean, that's that's the other thing about it, too, is, okay, you know what? He may have had COVID. I think the motorcycle accident had more to do with it. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and let's call it at least a contributing factor. I'm well, here's the thing. Yes. The motorcycle accident is what killed him. Some might say it might've even been a comorbidity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The motorcycle accident is what killed him, but it was the fact that on his cause of death on his death certificate, they listed COVID. Yeah. They were like, oh, this guy, traumatic brain trauma. That's definitely COVID. Oh, let's see. Oh, but this... actually, no. I'm sorry. What actually happened, um, he would have survived if he had not gotten COVID. He, he wasn't wearing a mask. Science. Yeah. Well, yeah th- if he th- was wearing a mask, he would have been safe. Yeah, the helmet didn't has count. Has anybody it. seen J.P. Sears? Have you guys, do you guys know who I'm talking about? Uh, J.P. Sears? I, I, know the, I know the name. I don't yeah. think so. Okay, so this guy, he basically, he makes fun of everything that is popular and every, he did this little thing about like wearing a life jacket at a, uh, at a pool. And there was a guy telling, it was basically him in a reverse type video, but he was like, you know, you have to wear a jacket, a life jacket, because it saves everyone around us. He's like, I know how to swim. No, but you have to wear this life jacket, sir. You're making me mad. There was a guy that had a car accident. 
just down the street, and he would have survived if he was wearing his life jacket. It's the funniest. Look up J.P. Sears on yeah, social media. Yeah, now that you talk about that video, I, I know I'm, exactly who. Yeah, he's yeah, got long yeah, red okay. hair, red beard. Yeah. yeah I, I, I yeah. do know who you're talking I just didn't know his name. See, I watched yeah. him and what was that other guy? Oh, Ryan Long. I think it was Ryan Long that, that he does. He doesn't do a lot of COVID stuff. Like he did the the social the the social justice warrior stuff. Like he did a video yeah. where he was talking about like how uh, uh, woke people and racist are actually the same. And it's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. That is hilarious to me. I find that I mean that's a whole that's a whole other show for you guys. I could come on and we could talk all about that bullshit, but. <laughs> I'm oh. done. I'm done with the woke culture, man. I'm done with this whole thing. I'm I'm not going to apologize for being a middle-aged, uh, I'm sorry, a very young white male. <laughs> See what I did there? But um, I'm not apologizing for it. No. If somebody makes my kid apologize for being white, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to start slapping people. I'm going to bitch slap them. I'm bringing back the bitch slap. That's totally. No, 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 no. You got to bring back the pimp slap. You got to have a midget holding a bottle of baby powder. So that way. Powder me. Powder me, bitch. <laughs> and then just pff, cloud of white smoke. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm doing I'm going way old school. I'm showing my age here, man. This is like we used to bitch slap people. That's what I'm bringing back. I'm tired of it. I'm not doing it anymore. And this is something that, you know, has actually upset some of my partners because I'm not going, I'm not tapping lightly around subject matter anymore. You know, my social media right now, my Facebook pretty much dead. I think I've been shadow banned. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that I have been. Well, I know because, I saw the post that you made where you took your uh, nightstands and turned them sideways and nailed them to the wall. Oh yeah. Well, that's nice. But if I say anything political or something that isn't quote unquote woke, then I get, uh, I don't get any interactions about that, but. Which, you know, we've talked about that. We're experiencing something like that with our Facebook page. I cannot send out invites to my friends to come to the page and like, and follow. Yeah. Like if you find us on accident, you can still like, and follow, but we can't invite you to. Yeah. Like I can still, you know, like I did with you the other day or, or yesterday, Sean, where I sent you the link to the page i can still do that but as far as like being able to invite like okay i got this whole list of people that i can click and choose who to send the invites to so on and so forth i can't do that yeah well and that's what sucks about it is like because you sent me that link and i literally clicked on the link and it makes it takes me to the internet and makes me want to log in again dude i don't remember my my login for facebook i mean (laughs) i'm tiktok now Baby, you gotta get a hold of me. Go to my TikTok because I'm telling you right now, I can be as unwoke as I possibly can on that, and which, I ain't get shit. Which is surprising because, like, it's a Chinese spying app. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right here as well. Like, I, I'm trying to stay as far away from the Chinese uh, spying app as I can. Like, people send me TikToks all the time. I'm like, delete that shit. Get it the fuck out of here. No, not me. I'm gonna make sure the Chinese know exactly who I am. So when I put a Oh my god! Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. But <laughs> see, I, will I say, want you to know who I am. I will. I will say this about TikTok, and I noticed this working as a DJ. I think this is what the TikTok to- TikTok culture 
<laughs> Say that five times fast. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 comes, it becomes dick doc real fast. <laughs> Working as a DJ, you know, it's Saturday night at the bar. Now, mostly I was a KJ running karaoke, but I would take, especially if I was, you know, Friday, Saturday night, I was working, I'd take a couple of hours from like 10 to midnight or something to just play dance music for people. Gave me a two hour break where I could go around to people and get them to buy me drinks. But I digress. So I would be, (laughs) I would be sitting at the computer and somebody would come up, Hey, can you play this song? Yeah, I'll play that song. I'll start playing it. And then about 30 seconds later, they'll come up. Okay, we want to hear another song now. The song that you requested hasn't even finished. Like, that is that is what TikTok is. It's, it's a short 30-second video. You hear, you know, 30 seconds of a song, and that's it. You're done. Yeah, I mean, they they took the Vine format, basically. Yeah. And just, like, Vine died, and they were like, oh, well, we're just going to fill that void with TikTok. Yeah. Hey, it works out perfect for me. I have ADD, so, you know, I, I get this whole thing. Uh, I don't have to pay attention to a lot of shit. I, I too, have ADOS. I'm all about that attention deficit, ooh, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's and- the new designer disease. I was actually in my shower this morning having a conversation with myself because, well, <sighs> that's what I do. I'm not the only and- one that does that. No, 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 no. I always pretend that I'm having a press conference. I'm running for president in the year uh, 2028. So uh, just throwing out my candidacy for there now. Um, I'm running for the same same job. Cool, man. It'll be at least it'll be a fun campaign. You got to think about it that way. Yeah, there 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 will be some mudslinging going on. Well, I'm gonna admit everything. You know, hey, did you ever smoke marijuana? Did you inhale? Like, yeah, I figured, screw it. I went ahead and put it to my lips. I might as well inhale. You know. (laughs) Have you ever dressed up like a woman and danced in front of the mirror to the soundtrack of Goodbye Horses? Yes, I do that every Saturday, but that's none of your business. So why are we talking about that? <laughs> See, that's that's my thing. I, I I would love to run for a political office. I couldn't do a debate. Yeah, you're because this would be the format of the debate. They'd ask my opponent a question, and he'd give his bullshit answer that didn't answer the question. Well, Mr. Sanders, what's your rebuttal? And then I'd look at my opponent and go, how in the fuck were you the fastest swimmer? <laughs> like, I, you would get like two look fuckers. And then they're going to be like, all right, debate over. And then they'd ask me my question. And I'd answer it honestly. And then my opponent would give his rebuttal that didn't answer the question. And then I'd look over at him and go, boy, oh, you're about as useful as Anne Frank's drum set. <laughs> Ouch. And then round three, he gives his bullshit answer that doesn't answer the question. Then they come to me. Mr. Sanders, what's your rebuttal? All right, listen here, dude. I'm getting tired of hearing your shit. You need to, right now, go find the nearest tree and very quickly apologize to it for wasting all of the oxygen that it's producing. (laughs) Oxygen thief. And then that's when they're going to, okay, yeah, debate's over. (laughs) Oh, no, see, I would rock a debate. I, I love nothing more than calling people out on their bullshit and it's so much fun i do it with a buddy of mine all the time he gets on his freaking libtarded rants about shit that he has he literally knows nothing about and then i just sit here and i'm like do you feel good i mean do you think by getting louder you're making your point 
you're, I mean, you're, you're saying the same thing. You're only saying it louder, and it just makes you sound dumber. So where do we go from here? No, that's that's how debates work. If you're the loudest person, you're the rightest person. That's how that works. Oh, I, that, that's why I said I would literally, like, there's no way I'm going to win this election. But my God, it's going to be a funny right. You ever seen that? Um, it's a movie with Robin Williams where he accidentally starts running. He accidentally gets elected as president, but his whole campaign was just a total fluke. Like he was pretty much just telling you everything. Well, yeah, of course I did have enough. You know, I did have sex with her. I mean, she was willing and I was able. Why wouldn't we do it? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's just, that, that would be me. There's no way that I would win the candidacy, and I probably wouldn't even make it to the primaries. I'm just saying, it's going to be a fun ride. You're going to laugh your, your ass off at me. Because I'm going to say some shit and just like, oh, my God, he literally just said that. I did know what that movie was called. It was Man of the Year. I was Man like, of the Year, thank you. I, I was like, is thank it Man you. of the Year? I was like, I did. Yep. Like, Robin Williams, probably one of my favorite actors of all times. I agree. He was a phenomenal actor. Like, he is, he, all this comedy the, stuff was great, and then he had his like dramatic stuff, like Goodwill Hunting was phenomenal. Yep. <coughs> hey, you like? Hey, do you like apples? I got a number. How you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great movie, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, guys. I love Matt Damon. I'm a Leo DiCaprio fan too. Uh, the Departed is probably one of my all-time favorite uh, movies. I mean, God. With Leonardo DiCaprio, it really depends on the movie for me. But I can tell you, I can a testament to how good of an actor he actually is. The first time I ever watched What's Eating Gilbert Grape, I didn't know he wasn't hand- mentally challenged. I know. Like, I literally, I was watching, I was like, oh, wow, they really went out and get, got an actor? That's, that's cool as fuck. And then, like, three years later, I see him in Titanic. I'm like, wait just a fucking minute. He was retarded, yeah, what, like, three years ago. <laughs> that's the word you were wanting to use earlier. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. I don't care. But I was like, wait a minute. Like, I've seen this kid, and no, that's not the same guy. I was like, that's the fucking same guy. Like, he's a fantastic actor. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I bought all the way in on that. Well, I mean, Man, you know. You know Never go full retard. Never go full retard. <laughs> you know, in um, Django, yeah, yeah, the scene where you know he's he's given his his moment on screen and he's pissed off and he slams his hand down on the table and yeah, hits to- the glass. Totally real. Yeah, he cut the fuck out yeah. of himself. That was one hundred percent a real glass that he shattered he with like, his fist. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, I hurt. All right, take character. Here we go. And he never broke character. Yeah, he's a he, dude. Like he should have like seven Oscars by now. <laughs> like now, I'm pretty sure long, it took him how long to make to get one. It was off a uh, Remnant. The Revenant, was, uh, yeah, the Revenant, yeah, brilliant fucking movie. Like, but he, should I mean, have, it, he should have had one for Titanic. He should have had one for Django, Wall Street, Wall, the Wolf or, of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I, I, I might catch some hate for this, but he was really good in that uh, fucking t- movie for Romeo and Juliet remake. Like fucking dope as shit in that movie. I mean, I agree. I'm judging you silently. Like you can judge me all you want, but look, when you got John Leguizamo holding two pimped out fucking 1911s that say dagger on the bottom of them, fuck you. That's cool as shit. <laughs> I loved, uh, like I said, The Departed is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It was an exceptional cast. 
and Leo was awesome in it. Matt Damon was awesome in it. I mean, Alec Baldwin, uh, fucking Mark Wahlberg. Of course, I have fucking Mark Wahlberg. Martin Short, or uh, Martin Sheen, I'm sorry. I said Martin Short, and that's terrible. Martin Sheen. It was just a fantastic cast, and that was actually the first time. Um, I and, and honestly, I think that's where Leo really just kind of got my holy shit. Is there nothing this guy can't do? I mean, he's you know he did things before that, obviously, but you look at this like there's literally nothing this man can't do. Incredible. You know, you know we were. Um, <laughs> I think I've told this story on the air before, but fucking, I'm going to tell it again. This is going back to you know the little thing you did about Nicolas Cage, yeah. and <laughs> so we're in Kentucky filming this movie, and we're in Augusta, which is George Clooney's hometown. Yeah. I'm not that big of a George Clooney fan. There's a couple of movies that he's done that I enjoyed. Dude, Oceans, man. I di- I'm not a fan of the Oceans movies. Three Kings. And that's what's wrong with you. And- I, liked, I liked Three Kings, and yeah. I, I liked The Perfect Storm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got the opportunity to meet George's mother while we were there. She owns a little antique shop in the middle of town. And you lied your ass off and said, I love his films. No. I told her straight to her face. You know, probably shouldn't have done that, but... Well, now you'll never be in a movie with George Clooney. Way to go, fucker. <laughs> yeah, I probably ruined all chances of being in a movie with George Clooney. Oh, I gonna, no. I was going to call him and, you know, put in a good word for you, but now you're going to fuck that up. Oh, you, you know the Clooney yeah. personally? Oh, dude. Way back. Way back. <laughs> but um, no, the, whole re- <laughs> the whole reason I even went in there to begin... Because my mother is a diehard George Clooney fan. She loves the Oceans movies. As you uh, should. Monuments Men. Like, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get a picture of George's mother for her. And I'm talking with uh, Nina about the movies and everything. And she asks me, she actually asked me if I was a fan of her son. And I was like, "Uh, you know, um, (laughs) I like a couple of his movies. I didn't just come right out and say, no, I think your husband is a fucking dick and doesn't know jack shit about guns and he's or not husband, son. Uh, there you go. Thank I was you, like, this you. is the you're, you're wrong state. This thank is in you. Alabama. <laughs> wrong state. I was like, you know, I'm, I don't, I didn't come right out and say, no, I think your son's a fucking dick and doesn't know jack shit about guns and needs to shut the fuck up about it. But, you know, I was like, yeah, I like a couple of his movies. There are some that I'm not a fan of. Like the majority of his catalog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, as long as we've got somebody from the biz on the air with us, I've been dying to ask this question. The biz. The biz. He said it again. I'm going <laughs> to tick mark every time you say that shit. Sean, I want to ask your opinion on this. Sure. <clears throat> Actors like Alec Baldwin, George Clooney, these actors who are very, very, very vocal about their disdain for guns and then they turn around and make a living by doing movies that involve them using guns do you think it's hypocritical a little bit um okay this is going to make me very unpopular um actually I don't even know if it will or not as far as I'm concerned uh, whatever an actor says 
needs to just shut the. I mean, take with a greatest grain of salt. Shut the fuck up. I don't need to hear your political views. What I need you to do is read that fucking script and make me believe that you're an actually a good actor. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you have to say. If you're against guns, awesome. Yet you make your living firing weapons. On, of course, they're not really firing. I mean, we all know that. Well, we've seen some, that. some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Some of them have actually fired a weapon. Well, yeah, but uh, Keanu Reeves, you know, yeah, yeah, he he actually does the training. Yeah, it's a, Alec Baldwin didn't do any of the training, but all the killing. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I knew we were going to go with that, but um, I look at all that stuff and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I think they just all need to shut the fuck up. Let me explain something really quick. There are two entry-level jobs on any set. Technically three, but we're going to go directly. We're going to cut throat right here. Director and actor. I'm going to let that sink in for a second before I elaborate. Quite frankly, I've had too many actors who think that they're worth so much money. Oh, my God. I'm probably never going to work in this business. I think my entire partners are going to disown me after this. Congratulations, you ruined his career. Yeah, I might, uh, who knows. Actors, to me, you you guys are the, I mean, not you guys, I don't mean to say it like that, but actors, and I'm an actor too, literally the most replaceable people on any set. If you think you are so good and you're so awesome and that your political views are so fucking well taken care of, then how come I have 10 people standing in line who are just as good as you ready to take your place? Goodbye. See you when I see you. Don't have time for it. I don't have time for this shit. Is it hypocritical of them to talk about anti-gun this and anti-gun that? Yes, fine. It is. It absolutely is. I love Robert De Niro. Love him. Love him for years. His fuck Trump thing. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you have to say about politically. Just shut up and pretend to be a badass like you always are. Because I know if I walked up and I just raised my hand, you'd probably pass out. That, that was see, that's my same same thing with like Ron Perlman. I loved Ron Perlman, and then like yeah. I made the fucking mistake of following him on Facebook, and I was like, God damn it! Like I ruined Ron Perlman for myself. <laughs> yeah, here's the deal with that, and here's the problem, man, is that all these people and all these you're not actually following them. Okay, you're following their publicists. They're putting what the woke Hollywood wants them to put out right now. Okay, I would love to say that, but this is actually Ron Perlman doing videos. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing all these videos, and I'm like, oh God, could you just not talk, please? Just go. Probably, probably at the advice of his publicist. I'm just like, just go be Clay Morrow and shut the fuck up, like please. I agree. (laughs) I agree, hundred percent, Ron. I totally get it. See, I think so. I I, I agree with Sean that you know Ron Perlman is probably doing that at the behest of his publicist. Yo, I think you should do this. I think it's going to garner more likes for you. Yeah, somebody like Michael Rappaport. He's he's just gone off the deep end. He doesn't have a publicist that's telling him to tell say these things. Like I don't I don't buy that for one second. I honestly think that that's Michael Rappaport spitting that bullshit. Probably, and I, I, but again, I'm not here. I mean, you know, we heard this all through. You know, Trump needs to stay off of Twitter. I'm like, but does he really? 
Maybe you need to stay the fuck off Twitter. I, I, Maybe I, you should do that. I, I'd kind of appreciate a mean tweet right about now. <laughs> yeah, if, if gas I, prices yeah, right. went down by a dollar, fuck yeah. You can mean tweet all the hell you want. Matter of fact, I will send you pictures of me naked so you have something to tweet about. I don't care. <laughs> Come back, for Christ's sake. Jesus. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. Like... <sighs> I don't think there's a pooch that Joe Biden hasn't screwed yet. Um, so that sucks. But uh, I told myself before I did the show, we weren't going to get into politics and I've already <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> well, you can't, well, you can't not get into politics. It's... You, you literally can't, man. And here's the, here's the deal. Like, okay, let's just say I was a woke liberal, a Hollywood idiot. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get into politics because then I would get on my little social media and talk about how racist you were because you would, you support Trump and you don't like, you know, calling everything racist and you're just whatever, you're just blind. And that, you wouldn't want that. that would be completely okay with me because there's no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, However. Shit talk me all you want, but you're still talking about me. <laughs> exactly. But here's the deal. I mean, I'm kind of like-minded. I'm not. You know, unfortunately, I, I will admit, I support the president right now because not supporting the president is like wanting the plane that you're flying on to crash. Now, I still think he's an idiot. Okay, let me be very clear with that. But you know what? It is what it is. This is what this is what the people supposedly wanted. Here, now you have it. Are we happy? Oh, we're not. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Well, See, I don't want the plane to crash. I just want a better pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like, I, well, I don't want the co-pilot taking over. Um, <laughs> I, I've never been one of those not my president kind of kind of people. That's just that's stupid. No, no, that's your fucking yeah. president. Whether you voted for him or not, that's your fucking president. Uh, to say yeah. that it's not that's that's the fucking adult equivalent of I'm taking my ball and going home. Like, no, that's your president, fucker. Deal with it. Thanks. Why don't I have an Eric Cartman thing on the soundboard going, ski yes and get him? Because I would, I would prefer that you had just the 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 newer version one that they ski yes him. Yeah, just ski yes him. <laughs> just that because that's all you need. I'm so out of it. I haven't watched South Park in probably twenty years. Uh, I haven't it's, watched it in forever. It's sad to say that it's been on that long. Like, like, oh my god, dude! I, I remember I watching know, right? that. Right, like early, early teenage years, I was like, oh shit, yeah. Oh man, where does the time go? Uh, well, it goes quick. Yeah. I'm not getting any younger, and Shakira's not getting any closer to me. Shakira, call me. Sean, you know what you know what you need to do you need to do like they did in that movie marry me you need to go to one of her concerts and you need to just take a sign and hold it up in front of her that says marry me and hey you never know shoot your shot man yeah. <laughs> well i though no in my luck it would have been like at a super bowl with j-lo and shakira and i would have got j-lo to say yes no <laughs> no i want shakira i mean okay i want the real talent on the stage well i mean okay but still if you marry j-lo that puts you close to shakira so you could cheat on j-lo with shakira we here at two beards talking do not condone adultery in any way 
You know what? <laughs> I've already gotten paid with my karma on my second wife from all the women that I've cheated on in my life. And that slut bag of an ex of a second wife of mine cheated on me with a friend of mine. Now I've already been paid my karma. I'm not going to, I can't do it anymore. I just, I, I finally have to like stop. Oh my God. Did I seriously say that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's just the alcohol talking. <laughs> I told him, no, that's the bad thing about it. It's the truth talking because that's what alcohol is the truth serum for me. I'm going to tell you how it is. Sure. I love you. And that's the truth. <laughs> oh man. That's why I liked hanging out with Sean while I was working with him up in Kentucky. We were drinking at the bar and everything because the truth came out. <laughs> that's how I roll, baby. I don't have time. I'm, I'm too old to give a shit about people's feelings. I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm over it. I've been over it. I, um, I remember sitting on the porch of the bed and breakfast, and we're passing a bottle of whiskey around. Sean, what do you think of this? Fuck them. I don't care. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> that's, that's just where I have to be. So it's funny because, you know, I, I actually had dinner with uh, Nina and Nick Clooney. And they are two of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life in Augusta. And I literally met. So if you if you went to that restaurant there in Augusta, and I can't remember the name of it right now, there is a girl that works there that looks like Shakira. I literally fell out of the bar stool while we were sitting there with my good buddy Rocco, and she is just oh. Anyway, but she kept saying no, which pisses me off. Anyway, yeah. Um, I know the restaurant you're talking about is the one down on the uh, waterfront on the corner of the yeah, main street. Of it. What an awesome restaurant. Let me just tell you, if you ever get a chance to go to Augusta, Kentucky, I highly recommend it. It is a really neat little kind of a New Orleans type town. The so, only place I've been in Kentucky was Mount Zion. and uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, at that time I worked for a uh, fast food chain and we were doing a new store open and like, like Mount Zion, Kentucky is so close to Cincinnati. They don't even sell Kentucky gear. They sell Bengals gear. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, am I still in fuck? Where's the wildcat shit? Like, why, what am I seeing here? Yeah. You're right there near Florence y'all. And I also found the surprisingly the one fucking ghetto they have there. <laughs> My GPS oh. is broken. <laughs> I have a I have an internal GPS, and that stands for Ghetto Positioning System. So if I take off without my uh, actual phone, I will find the ghetto in every city. It, it, With I, your phone, you found the ghetto today in Huntsville. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, I swear to God, we see one MLK Boulevard. I'm turning the fuck around. Well, you should have. Uh, you should have went to Greenbow. <laughs> <laughs> Would that I could. Would that I could. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think we have run out of time. Don't forget, you can go to Where our Facebook been? page. <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on two and a half hours. <laughs> awesome. Time flies when you're having fun. That's what she said. <laughs> Don't forget, you can go on our Facebook page at Two Beards Talking. Make sure you go on the post about the pharmacy product. Matt, give him the code word again. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. <laughs> Don't fuck it up like you did in the intro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was a hard K. <laughs> <sighs> you stuck the landing. Holy shit. Pumpernickel. <laughs> 
code word pumpernickel. Go on Facebook, comment that on the post with the contest to get your entry for your chance to win the Shield Man bag set from Pharmacy. Yep, do that. All that. Everybody love it. Well, it on the page right now. How do you spell pumpernickel? <laughs> <laughs> P-U-M-P-E-R-N-I-C-K-E-L. Yeah, it's pumper and nickel, and then just put them together. <laughs> Take pump her nickel and drop the H and then just put it all together. Pump her N I C K E L. <laughs> wow, I'm a terrible speller. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, folks. I'm saying right now, get on this page, guys. Really follow this, man. I got to tell you, this is really cool. We got some veterans doing some stuff here. Um, thank you guys for having me tonight, man. That's just, uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. I'm Absol- doing this. Absolutely. We're having a blast with this. We're definitely going to get you back on the show again, because this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I want to get uh, you know, a little break, get people kind of used to, uh, used to shine. But again, guys, you can find us on Facebook, BillTVNetwork.com. Also, uh, CreativeMotionStudios.com. Please check out our YouTube channel. We have, I have playlists from all of our, um, associate production companies, I also have everything that Bill TV has done over the past 10 years. We've got some great shorts on there. We got some live stuff. We have, you know, uh, uh, little people and tricycles and candy canes. And that's all bullshit, but it just sounded really cool. When I said it, didn't it? <laughs> Please like us, please go follow us. And you can also, we also have the new uh, 12 films project, the number 12, one, two films project. Uh, dot com will be coming out and we also have the facebook post so you guys can keep up to date on what we're doing and tell us how great we are and uh shakira call me i love you <laughs> i think shakira guys i'm just telling you if i ever get a hold of shakira's handler i'm gonna let her i'm gonna have her handler let her know to give you a call <laughs> she, she i think she would love me i mean i i cook i clean i brush hair I know it's weird, but, you know, I could be in the weirder shit. I'm just saying. Shakira, you would love me. <laughs> so, um, Sean, uh, stick around after the show because there's a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about real quick, but I'll ask you about that off air. Um, yep. Again, toolmantactical.com. Use our code TBT30 to get 30% off of your order for AR-15, 32-round magazine, and Glock 9mm, 30-round magazines. Who doesn't love a happy stick in their Glock? Uh, I do. <laughs> and Poddex. Go to poddex.com. Use code BEARDS10 to get 10% off your order of any physical deck of cards. We used them tonight. We did. We had a lot of fun with them. We're going to use them again in the future. Probably with Sean again. Yeah, Hell probably. yeah! <laughs> and you know what? I think I missed it at the start of the show. So uh, you didn't do your thing. I didn't do my thing. I missed it at the start of the show. Big shout out to the troops, to the men and women serving overseas and on the home front. We appreciate everything y'all are doing for us. Keep up the good work. Come home safe. We're all rooting for you here back home. Special thanks to Sean again for coming on the show with us. This has been Two Beards Talking. I'm Daniel Sanders. And I'm Matt Lasseter. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>